Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cinematic Schematic, the official podcast of thecinematropolis.com, your home to thoughtful conversations on film. And today, we will be reviewing what Vin Diesel has called, in quotes, the first film in the trilogy that will conclude the Fast and Furious saga. I know it's hard to believe. Today, our takes are coming in faster than a 10-second car with our review of the ninth, or maybe some people would argue the 10th entry in the Fast and Furious franchise, simply called F9, or F9 if the marketing materials are to be believed. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We're super excited to talk about one of the top-grossing movies series of all time, and, and we're going to get into this, but is it? it could be the film that saves cinema. No, it was not Tenet. It was a Fast and Furious movie, uh, the ninth entry in the Fast and Furious movie. With that said, you can't effectively run a, a heist or a movie review of a Fast and Furious movie without a crew. So today, I am super excited to welcome what we have as an awesome panel, a very special guest who are going to help us break that safe out of the police station and run it uh, all the way through town, knocking down buildings and all. So first up, after years of podcast movie talks... I would argue that all roads have been leading to a review of a proper Fast and Furious movie with my good friend, award-winning filmmaker, Laron Chapman. Laron, it's been too long. Welcome back to the Cinematic Schematic. It's awesome to be back. I don't think we realized that we shared this, this um, you know, really unconscionable admiration for this franchise. And then when we would have conversations around other people, we'd realize we were kind of alone in that scene. Even our, like, our, even our like, film-loving people, they're just like, why are you guys talking for 20 minutes about a fast and furious. They didn't get it, but I think it just it just resonates with two of both of us for different reasons, but yeah. Yes. Oh, fantastic. Well, I'm so excited to have you uh back on the show today. It's awesome to be here. And Tokyo Drifting right on through his recent debut in our review of Mortal Kombat. I'm super excited to welcome back the unstoppable Brockness monster of graphic designers Brock Lay. Brock, welcome back. Thank you. Uh number 1, I'm happy to be here and number 2, I love how you compared my first guest hosting ability to uh, Tokyo Drift. That does not make me feel good. <laughs> what are you talking about? The Tokyo Drift added so much to the mythology. We got Han. We got Han. <laughs> we got Han. Uh, one of the great. And he, in fact, you could argue he's the key to the whole franchise. Mm, I'll take it. <laughs> and I have to say, it's been an overly long ride. But after years of anticipation, I'm so excited to welcome for the first time to the Cinematic Schematic from KJYOFM, uh, the Oklahoma Film Critics Circle and the Critics' Choice Association, Jason Black. Jason, welcome to the Cinematic Schematic. You guys have no idea how long I've been waiting for Caleb <laughs> to make this call. And he finally made it. I've been hinting for years. Hey, that sounds like a lot of fun. That podcast looks like a good time. He just kind of ignores it. But now... <laughs> I'm forced to come in and talk about Fast and Furious, which I'm excited about. Jason, here's the here's the here's the thing. It really came down to I was trying to figure out what is the best movie for Jason to, to be on, like when I was picking guests. And I remember, I don't remember what one of the press screenings I mm. saw you at. You came up to me and you and you gave me the handshake and you said, I'm coming at you a quarter mile uh, at a time, you know. That's how I live my life. Time. Yeah. yeah. Quarter mile at a time. And I was like, hey. I've got to have Jason on for a Fast and Furious review. And then a pandemic happened and this got delayed a year. So, you know, a year buffer time. Right. But we got there. Well, that's very flattering. Well, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I'm super excited to have you uh, at the table. And so welcome. I'm excited Thank to you. hear about your experience with the franchise because clearly this is a very special franchise. Oh, I mean, to to a lot of people. But I'm, I'm with Laron on this because I do have an affection for this 
and I know we're going to do a deep dive, but um, I bring this up to people and I am kind of surprised how I get a bit of the eye roll from like, wait, for real? You like those movies? Yeah. 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 Wait, this is a like this is a hot take. <laughs> I thought these are great. You didn't love Fast Five. I mean, I, I, I can't blame you if it's the early movies, but Fast Five. I mean, yeah. there is a there is a line of demarcation in these movies where there's pre Fast Five and post. It's true. And I know we're going to break down each one one by one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the I, I you know why I like these movies, too, is because I feel like they are self-aware. Yes, they get that they're stupid. Now, F9 needed a little bit more self-awareness, but we're oh. going to get into it. I know. Oh, we're going to get into it. Okay. That's good. I like it. Hot takes. Again, faster than a 10-second car, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, now, before we jump into a l- short little icebreaker here, listeners, I do want to remind you to rate and review and subscribe uh, to the Cinematic Schematic on your preferred podcast app. Currently, we're not making a lot of money off of this podcast, so the best way you can support the show is by heading on over to your preferred podcast app and giving us a rating and a review. I got to buy my car somehow. I got to buy the parts, and, and it can't happen if there aren't reviews. So I encourage you all to rate and review there. For the table, icebreaker question this week, and we'll, we'll, we'll just so we can get to know each other a little bit, our preferences, what we, we, we bring here, and then we'll get into our review of F9. But this, this uh, franchise is known for retconning, you know, mm. A few times. In fact, we'll get into that as it relates to this franchise later. But outside of the Fast and Furious franchise, if you could retcon a regrettable moment out of one of your most beloved franchises, it could be a film, likely a film, maybe a television show. Game of Thrones. Uh, what would you change? LaRon <laughs> <laughs> Chapman, start with you. Oh, man. So, uh, you know, the first one that came to mind was uh, I'm a huge horror film buff and um, the Halloween franchise, uh, Halloween Resurrection for me is one I, I, in my mind, had already just omitted it. But then I guess they already kind of, uh, you know, retractly did that by restarting the franchise or, you know, having the Laurie Stroud character uh, all, just disregarding all the sequels and making the current franchise just go in line with the original film. So in many ways, it has happened for me. But if I had to think of one that is existing that has not really changed, probably the last two Alien films. I just, uh, I know I'm, I'm a huge fan of the first two, rewatched three and four. Um, they all have moments, you know, but I think that uh, three and four were the two that they, I feel like they've aged like sour milk. I may be alone in that, but that's one, that's, that's one hot take for me. I'm very glad you, you specified there for a second. I thought you were saying you wanted to retcon Prometheus and uh, the follow up Alien Covenant. No, no, uh, I'm fine with these. I'm fine with, I'm fine with where they were, where they're trying to go with the newer, the newer franchise, but yeah, specifically the third and fourth in the um, original series. Yeah. Poor David Fincher. He just, he just got dealt a bad hand on Alien 3. And then because of that, we also got Alien 4. I think that's, that's respectable. Coming off Aliens, it's a great movie. Uh, great selection, LaRon Chapman. Um, Broccoli, I'm going to turn to you next. Which what, what would be like one thing you would retcon from one of your favorite franchises? Uh, quickly, this will not be popular among you guys, maybe, but I'm going to say it quickly just for uh, to honor my wife because it was a show that we fell in love over, Gossip Girl. Dan oh. Humphreys being I respect that. the actual Gossip Girl mm. was um, – Kind of bullshit for the entire series. It kind of just <laughs> ruined it. I'm not going with that one, but that was one that immediately came to mind because me and my wife were like, come on, we fell in love and you've ruined this for us. I might feel as strongly about that as, as most people did with Game of Thrones. So I'm really glad you okay. brought that up. I well, didn't know I had feelings. I'm actually, I'm kind of excited for the new Gossip Girl. I might check it out. Uh, <laughs> they're bringing back Kristen Bell mm-hmm. as the- hey oh. Hey, Whoa. so, you know- It's on HBO now, right? Yeah, so, it is. Yeah. So maybe it'll be a little more- uh, Nudity. 
Yeah. But the one that I am going with is one of my favorite TV shows of all time. It's The Office. And I feel like they wrap everything up pretty good. It's all pretty tight. But if you'll know, whenever Pam goes back to her high school for one of their uh, recruiting trips, she talks about faking PMS and gym to get out of basketball, faking PMS and gym to get out of exercising, faking PMS to get out of volleyball. Fast forward, season five, finale. They are at the company picnic playing volleyball. And Pam talks about how she played varsity in high school, went to volleyball camp most mm. summers, and had a JUCO scholarship. Doesn't line up. Mm. Wow. Runs the entire series for... No, I'm kidding. But, <laughs> that's an amazing deep cut. Yeah, that's that's really detailed. I, my answer is not good compared to what you just broke down here. It just... I don't know. I just... When you watch it as much as yeah, I do, sure. like it's in short amount of time, you're like, come on. Well, and I think that's good because so many people, I don't have too many shows I'm like this with, but I know people who literally are perpetually watching The Office. Like the second they're done, they'll take like a month off and they'll start from the beginning all over yeah. again. So you notice, I'm sure on re repeat Ooh, yeah. viewings that stuff sticks out. When it was on Netflix, I, that's what I would do is I would start it over, watch it. Most of the times I would stop watching it when Michael leaves just because you lose that, yeah. I don't know, you lose that sense of family, that, that good feeling you had with The Office because when it all... When he left, it all kind of went away. It kind of got a kind of kind of mean, I don't know, in spirit. So, but I used to watch that all the time, and that's just something I always think about is how they could have just easily just done not done that with. Mm. Me. But yeah. mm. I'd say that's my rant. I'm sorry. I don't think it's a bad rant. See, this is what's important. It's, I'm learning a lot about Laurent. I didn't f realize Laurent felt that, and I've known Laurent for f uh, thanks to Facebook. I know for five years now <laughs> that we've been friends. Yeah. Uh, and I did not realize you felt that strongly about the Alien franchise. It's just recently too, because I rewatched him. Uh, just like it, during the pandemic. So um, we, I did that with a lot of franchises, The Matrix, all of them, just kind of like, how do I really feel about these in 2020? You know, like, and, and surprisingly, that was one that I just felt like it just declined there at that point. But yeah. All right. See, Brock, now I know that about the, your relationship with The Office is very important. But Jason, yeah. probably the person around this table I know the least. Tell, oh. but tell me, like, what what exactly is one moment that sticks My answer is not great. I actually have a pretty specific one about the Fast and Furious franchise. But if you're saying outside of that, um, this is not a great answer, but just, I wish the new star Wars movies had had a plan. That's just, I, I mean, we could go blow by blow of what, <laughs> what we don't like. And I, and I like those movies, don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying like, there are so many things that you look at and just roll your eyes and go, if only you had thought this out, it would be so much better than it is. So that's my that's my one that just jumps out to me immediately if you say, what could you retcon? There's also been times where I've thought to myself, you know what would be pretty cool? They're doing all these prequels. They should do a Darth Vader prequel. Oh, that's right. There's three terrible movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, that's fair because my my moment, Jason, uh, I have a backup though. This is works. Uh, my, my, my moment was actually going to be the dead speak. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that, that's the moment I was like, yep, I'm this out. Is, we're, <laughs> yep. we're going in the wrong direction <laughs> nope. real fast. <laughs> yep. Nope. It's, uh, that, I'm with you on that. I, I thought the return of Pal and again, I, I do think, yes, overall, it would have been better if they even had like even just the broadest of strokes of like, hey, in, in movie one, we're going to do this. Right. Movie two, we're going to like thematically, thematically. Right. But the, the last movie was such a whiplash from the previous movie. It kind of ruins all three of them, which is a bummer. But uh, that said, yeah, spe specifically the Rise of Skywalker, uh, the Whiplash. A instead of trying to build on what had just been built, they're like, what if we threw that all of that out and tried to make a movie instead? That's my hot yeah. take. I don't know if that's that very hot. Star Wars, so Star Wars I I'm pretty sure that one's that one's 
deeply felt. Yeah, by that, many I don't. Fans. I don't feel like that's too common. And you know, the the original trilogy very clearly was made up as it goes. Oh yeah, I, and you know, and especially when you go back and rewatch it, you think he had no idea that he was going to do this, but <laughs> it still works. Yeah, and there's just so many things in the new ones that just don't. They just don't work, and it's so because they didn't plan it out. Yeah, that's yeah. like a lot of the stuff I see in. Was it Phantom Menace where they bring up the Metachlorians? Yeah, yeah, please. And like how people just lost their minds on that. So there's just so many. In, well, how about the fact the that Star they Wars hid things. Luke where Anakin's from and yeah. kept the same last name? <laughs> <laughs> and was like, well, no one will find him no here. No one's going to find him <laughs> yeah. here with his, yeah. his uh, with Anakin Skywalker's only living half relatives. Yeah, and left him with Anakin's relatives. <laughs> you know, well... It's, there's a lot of sand out there. It's a hurtful place. He doesn't want to go back there. Yeah. That's, that's, that's why. Uh, okay. So I, my backup, um, I, I've already joked about Game of Thrones. We're not going to go there. But um, though I, I would say the one that I think I still think about sometimes, uh, and, and you guys can make fun of me uh, mentioning Gossip Girl, I felt that we could retcon Sam Winchester's revival at the end of Supernatural Season 5 because Supernatural Season 5 should have just ended it because it was so dang good. Like it all felt like, hey, I watched five seasons. It was a slow burn buildup. And then I realized that the way they recontextualize everything you'd seen, I was like, oh, that's really genius. I'm sure they didn't have it actually planned out, but it, it feels right. They close, they put a pin on it. And I'm like, awesome. And they're like, but wait, what if that huge sacrifice that character just made, what if we undid it because we want 11 more seasons of the show to mm. on CW? Um, so I'm a big Supernatural fan from way back. And I felt like they could have wrapped that one up a little sooner. And they didn't retweet. <laughs> oh man, there's a lot of supernatural fans out there, so I'm sure we'll hear from some of them. Oh yeah, they're 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 going to come in. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay. All right, listeners. So you have you know a little bit more about us than you did a moment ago. Uh, so I think without further ado, let's go ahead and get into our review of F9. Y'all ever thought about the wild missions we've been on? We've taken out planes, trains, tanks. I'm not going to even think about the submarines. <laughs> And now we got cars flying in the air. Who is he? Jacob is Dom's brother. Been a long time, Dom. Little brother. You always say never turn your back on family, but you turned your back on me. Now your little family is in my world. So according to IMDb, Cypher enlists the help of Jacob, Dom's younger brother, to take revenge on Dom and his team. Spoiler alert. I'm just going to throw this out there. That is actually not, not it. It's not accurate. Not even close. No, it's, it's quite the opposite, actually. <laughs> I mean, those characters are in the movie, but they don't do those things. No. Yeah. yeah. They absolutely don't. So I want to call out listeners. The synopsis isn't accurate. Uh, so what uh, is this movie about, listeners? Well, the answer lies somewhere between a Nas can and the stars beyond. Um, so with that said, I want to start it off with you, Jason, uh, question. I want to learn a little bit more about our specific relationship to our franchises, how we feel about it, what it is that draws us in. We've kind of alluded to it a little bit before. Now I know you have a, a huge affection for this franchise you, you referenced there. In fact, you've paid pilgrimage to the sets of the original Fast and Furious. You showed me photos. Yes. Uh, so tell me a little bit about your relationship with the franchise. What, what do you know? And then we'll talk a little bit more about uh, your favorite entry and why. Well, so uh, my relationship with the franchise? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I've seen them all. So yeah, you know, the first one when it came out 
was kind of the surprise hit. I don't, I'm older than you guys, but so it was kind of the surprise hit. And I remember hearing it's basically point break with cars, which I said in. So I went, you know, <laughs> went to watch it. It was great. Fast and Furious or Too Fast, Too Furious was just kind of an afterthought. I saw it, I think, in the dollar theater. Okay, fine. He hits the NOS. I never saw Tokyo Drift until I think it was on TNT or something because it's the best way to watch it. Well, I know Brock kind of referenced it earlier, but but really, and we'll get into this, but it it feels like a spinoff. It doesn't really feel like part of canon, even though I know that it is. Fast and Furious, I did not think was actually very good, although I was glad that they got everybody back together. Yep. But Fast Five is where it really starts for me because that trailer alone, which I really try not to watch trailers because I like to be surprised, but that trailer alone was like, they've added The Rock, um, they're in Brazil, all things that I like. And so I was all in on the franchise once that happened. Now, since then, there's good ones, there's bad ones, but- Fast Five is definitely what drew me into it. So you'd say Fast Five, would that, would that be your favorite? Well, so actually, Furious 7 is my favorite. However, on a rewatch, I, I think Fast Five is actually the winner. And uh, this, is, this may be a hot take. I actually don't think these movies are that rewatchable. I think <laughs> that I, I think it, it's fun the first time, and then once you know what's going to happen or you've seen the set pieces, it, they're just not as much fun anymore. But... The way to me that Furious 7 handled Paul Walker's death, I mean, it's just ridiculous, but I kept waiting, like, how are these knuckleheads going to handle this? And the way that beautiful. they handle it, it is, <laughs> it's beautiful. As soon yeah. as you start to hear the piano come in, mm -hmm. I mean, it really is amazing. So I, I thought Furious 7 was great all the way around, but the, the Hobbs character in Fast Five is peak rock. Yes, agreed. And I think without question, the Rock's best movie, and that's not saying a lot, but I mean, he took that, he really took the franchise to another level. So Furious Seven's my favorite, but I, but Fast Five is, you know, I could, I could go with that being the best one. You know, some would say, I, some would say in the news headlines this week that they, they coached him into that performance. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh geez. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. So uh, Fast Five is your favorite entry. Um, you are right now, listeners, obviously is audio only listeners can't see you're wearing a Tokyo drift t-shirt with yeah. a fast five hat. I'm very envious of that fast five hat. Well, it might be staying here with you. Oh, oh, well, goodness. Okay. Well, uh, I feel privileged. <laughs> you, uh, so, so do you have like any other sorts of like, um, like insider knowledge about sort of like the behind the scenes drama that I just kind of alluded to there? So, or? yeah, so sort of. So you mentioned earlier, I'm in the Critics' Choice Association. So they're, the Critics' Choice Awards every year, I go to it and I try and just drum up as much as I can. And so the year that um, First Man came out, which is also a universal release, mm -hmm. uh, Josh Hurwitz was there. Is that how you say his name? Um, Josh Hurwitz was there who did the score and is a really nice guy. And he was there with a universal rep and so we were talking to Josh Hurwitz, and actually, this is a side story, but I kept saying to him, I go, can you believe that you're going to win two Oscars? I mean, this is amazing. And then he didn't get nominated. Um, so we were talking to him, and then he had this, this girl who I'm not going to say her name because I don't want anybody to email her, but she was a universal rep. And so I said to her, I go, hey, listen, how hard would it be for me to get a Hobbs and Shaw autograph poster? And she said, here's my card. Email me. Send me your address, and I'm going to send one to you. And so then I said, hey, what's the deal with Vin and Rock? You know, I've heard that 
you know, they, Vin refuses to lose a fight and what, and she said, oh no, no, that they're all very nice, but you could tell there was something going down. Um, so I emailed her immediately, like that night probably. Mm -hmm. And then a few weeks later, there was this enormous box on the front porch and I open it and it's clearly this girl had cleaned out her office, like just waiting for someone to go. Do you have anything from the Fast and Furious franchise? Because there was a T-shirt, multiple T-shirts from Fast Five, from other entries, hats, uh, air fresheners, um, frisbees, soundtracks. All I mean, it it was a prize pack that you cannot even imagine. And so I wear these. The kids sleep in them. You know, they're great pool shirts. And and you know. It does sort of establish that if you live your life one quarter mile at a time, people kind of get it when they see you. But I've had the air fresheners in the car. So that's been my big score from that. But I've also talked to Jason Statham and I, I approached him. He was he was nominated for best action performance from Spy, I think. Yeah. And maybe it was comedic performance. I can't remember what it was. He was nominated. So I went up to him and, you know, he just permanently has that scowl on his face. <laughs> And I went up to him and I said, hey, man, I voted for you. And immediately he drops it, smiles, and then goes, I'll, I mean, I'll just do a British accent. I'm, this sounds just like him. But he was like, oh, I wish you could have voted a few more times or, you know, whatever. So <laughs> that's amazing. So I said, I go, yeah, man. I said, hey, listen, this is pre-Hobbs and Shaw. No, this was not, not even announced. I said, hey, listen, there should be a Shaw Brothers, there should be a Shaw Brothers spinoff. Because you you guys would be great. He goes, oh man, that would be great, you know. And I said, uh, I go, I go. Listen, just tell Vin, right, right. And I kind of winked at him, and I go, no one's watching Triple X, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and he smiled in a way that told me, yes, I agree with you. So I, I have not heard of any incidents with him and Vin, but you know, from what we hear with the Rock being having issues and potentially Michelle Rodriguez, so. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it's all speculation at this point, but I, I will say I did do, I think I looked up something from like 2017 last night because I was prepping for the podcast and I was like, I know there's a beef. I, I didn't realize it's extremely well documented. Like you yes. can tell like when stuff happened. This person said this, this is when the yeah. rock blew up. Oh, and allegedly Vin Diesel, like it was just, there was a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then I... I like I apparently at one point Tyrese Gibson threatened to quit the saga. Yeah. I was like, what? what? Uh, it's wild. So I don't have much to actually add. I was just curious because it's it's for such a successful franchise, it does seem like there's a lot of behind the scenes. Uh, it drama. sounds like a family barbecue to me. Oh so. well, true. That's yeah. fair point. You know, the thing is, is that that this is. I think the issue is is that there was a time where The Rock's the biggest movie star in the world, but doesn't have any good movies. But he's just insanely popular. And so if you remember, they added him to this franchise. It goes through the roof. Then remember, they added him to G.I. Joe. And so it, he became like the franchise savior. It's just yeah. like, let's just, yeah. if, if we're not really sure what to do, let's just get the rock. And so I think that if you have this beefy, oiled up, bald man, Vin Diesel's going, well, hold on. That's, that's my corner. <laughs> and so I think that there just, there just got to be issues there. And if you watch Fast Five, it's so ridiculous that those two fight and that Vin Diesel would even have any sort of a prayer against the rock. Right. But it's, you know, he almost kills him and then he doesn't with the wrench, you know. And then in in Fast Six, when they're on the plane fighting and there's that huge guy, but the rock can't beat him until Dom helps him 
you know, just get out of here with right. this stuff. So I, and actually, I think that that is, I know we're going to sort of break this down, but I heard Leron talk the other night. Fate of the Furious and F9 are not good. Okay. I disagree. And the reason why is because Vin has too much control over this franchise now. He's got too much say so in it. And, and that's, and I, I mean, I want to hear Brock's th thoughts here, but he, he has gotten too big headed about it. And remember, he's not in Too Fast, Too Furious because he didn't want to do it because he thought he was too cool for it. And, and, you know, then he goes and does triple X at bombs and he does Riddick at bombs and then they bring him back for it. So I have an actual real problem, sincere problem, not really, um, with Vin Diesel. Not knowing all the details of the behind the scenes, it definitely seems like Vin runs his set a very specific way. Yeah. Sure. And The Rock is probably the only person with the the cred that could like kind of challenge yeah. that of course. In, a, in a really meaningful way. So well, it's sure. just weird because The Rock <clears throat> in a way is kind of the outsider, even though he's been in since for sure. Right. Yeah. Since you know, five. Right. Right. But him saying that and Vin holding his tongue, you're like, okay, The Rock has something's wrong with The Rock. Like He's just, you know, Dwayne Johnson's just kind of, be, what he's just trying to start shit, maybe that because he's just saying this so he can go do Hobbs and Shaw, and he can kind of clear his name, saying, oh, there's crap going on, I'm going to do my own thing. But then Vin comes out and says what he says, how he was trying to get an acting performance out yeah, of The Rock. And it's like, neither one of y'all are very good actors. Well, so he, I don't know, he, you don't know what the hell you're trying to get out of Well, it. I think what happened is that supposedly the characters have gotten offered spinoffs, and they've all turned them down. Mm -hmm. Don't believe it. Because who are you going to give? I mean- does anyone really want to see Tyrese in a spin? No. <laughs> so um, they obviously, they started talking about Hobbs and Shaw. It made Vin Diesel mad, even though he's a producer on it, because he has to be. And so he gets mad and he wants to stay in his trailer and he's like, I'm not going to go out there. You know, I, I know what you're saying about Dwayne Johnson, but he he really has a 100% approval rating in Hollywood. Like everybody oh, sure. loves that guy. Everybody that works with him loves him. Across political lines. Everywhere, too. yeah. I'm voting for him whenever he runs. I can't wait. So I'm registering tomorrow. So, <laughs> that I, you know, so Vin Diesel also has a good reputation, but when you, when you kind of hear it, and I guess Tyrese is team Vin, but also that's because that's his meal ticket. Yeah, that was my thought too. I was Vin. like, well, this is the only franchise, you, you know, that's the thing. Most of them... I, and this is not a not, and again, who am I to like knock these people's careers? But I would say most of them, this is probably the biggest franchise they're in versus The Rock has Everything. actual, yeah. yeah. Well, that's Tyrese's beef is because they were going to do Hobbs and Shaw, which was going to delay F9, which, mean, which meant delay paychecks for mm -hmm. Tyrese because what else is he doing? They're not mm -hmm. making Baby Boy 2. Right. So <laughs> so he's upset because he's, think he, he I mean, he's been public about it that, you know, The Rock, you've got all this other stuff to do. We don't, uh, you know, which I say, stay out of The Rock's pockets. You know, let him make his, let him, it's sorry that you didn't get your own spinoff. I hear The he Rock's did. like booked a year and a half out, like at any sure given time. Yeah. Yeah. I got no problem with it. Yeah. No, I, I think it's, um, it's, it's, it's definitely an interesting dynamic. Uh, and again, it sounds like, Jason, what, from what I what I've read, which is limited, but it sounds like the Vin has a very specific way he runs his sets, and he's the most he's the the VIP. And yes, there's someone else who kind of is carving him out. He gets maybe a little defensive. Well, if you sure. watch, so if you watch the movies, here's what you have to tell yourself before you watch it: Dom is never wrong. Okay, no matter what happens, Dom is never wrong. He everything he says is right. He tells you what to do. His plan is right. When he says it's not going to work, it won't work. When he says it is going to work, it will work. There's this scene in 
Furious 7, where they go to race wars because they invented it. And he, he, Letty is gonna, going to race, okay? And he's, she's going to race this guy who's in his car. Dom just looks at the car, sizes this fella up that's going to drive it. And then he says to Letty, don't go above 9,000 RPMs. He's going to throw a rod. I don't know how he knows this just by <laughs> just looking at the guy. Letty goes, oh, okay, because, you know, she can't make any decisions on her own. So then she takes off, and you see her look down, and she doesn't go above nine. And what happens? The guy throws a rod or a piston or what? I'm not a car guy. I don't know. So he every time in these movies, no matter what happens, Dom always knows the best for each individual character. And I, I take that back to that's Vin Diesel. He refuses to let himself have any vulnerability. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting. Again, I feel like I'm a speculator, so I don't know a lot, but I, I think there's definitely, Jason, you're laying out a lot of good things there. And based I'm kind on of the, embarrassed that I know this much about this topic. Because <laughs> we're not even talking about the movies proper. We're talking about the behind-the-scenes drama, but yeah. I do find it really fascinating because— It's interconnected, though. It, it, because you don't hear it, about this on the Avengers. It, exactly. You know what I mean? That's like, true. And it influences the story, influences the way they work with each other, influences the way the story goes. So, it, I mean, it's it's relative. It, it's, well, in—, in the fate of the the furious and Lorano, I'll kick it over to you here in a sec because I know you and I have long said, man, fate of the furious is not good. like it almost just, killed my interest in the yeah, franchise. Like we, we'd had such a we'd had an ongoing again loyalty to this franchise. I was on board Fast Seven. I was like, keep them coming. I was like, bring man, them. I'm not yeah, bring me these, twenty. I'm not sick of these movies yet. You know, I have Marvel fatigue, but I don't have Fast and the Furious fatigue yet. And so, and then the, it's something about eight, it just it just felt. I don't know, like just flavorless, even though there's a lot happening. It just, I left it feeling, I don't remember any of it, you know? So, I mean. I remember that The Rock and Vin Diesel were not in any scenes together. They're not. And I also remember Ooh, that, again, Charlize Theron, who, again, has been in Mad Max in, and she's going to be in Furiosa, was never behind the wheel of a car. And I no. was like, what the hell is happening here? No. Why, why is she in this movie if you're not going to use her adequately? But I don't know. Yeah. Anymore, she's in any movie just to show that she can pull off any haircut. Yeah, for real. Any I don't know any that she pulls off this one in F nine. I, I was. It was definitely the most, yeah. the most uh, interesting one. But I, um, I, think, I think she did. I think she you, did. You know, really, I said this to you the other night. It really is missing Paul Walker. That's that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Is that he he maybe is you know more of the heart of the franchise than we realized. Mm. And you know the thing. So Laron, the thing about Fate, Fate of the Furious that's just so incredibly stupid is that. We've been told this whole, you know, all these movies, family, 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 you know. Yeah. Dom will do anything for family. If you rewatch the movie, Charlize approaches Dom and says, you're going to work for me. You're going to come with me. And she just shows him her phone. We don't know what he sees. Okay. Then Dom ends up turning on the, the crew. Mm -hmm. And then inexplicably, The Rock's the only one arrested from that I don't know why, but anyway. Um, so then, it's coming back to me now. Yeah. So then, they go to Mister Nobody's uh, hut, and here comes Cipher, Charlize, and here comes Dom, and they blow the place up and they stun him and all this kind of stuff, and they get what they need to get. Charlize kisses Dom in front of Letty. I mean, this is a major moment because they're in love. They were married in a tank top. I mean, this whole a lot has happened with these two. It's the definition of love. And then Vin Diesel has called it the greatest romance in the history of cinema recently. It. It's hard to argue. So so then we when they show when he's on the plane, she goes, you're going to keep working for me. 
And then he goes, I don't think. Uh, yeah. And then she, he flips on the lights and it's Elena. And he goes, Elena? As if he doesn't know she's there. Right. And then they reveal that they had a child together, which he doesn't know about. What did she show him on the phone to get him to do all this stuff? Right. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good question. We're never and we're never told, right? Well, we, you you because we watch these so passively, you think like, oh, it, it'll she, be revealed. She, she, well, you think you you don't. I'm breaking it down way too much. But no, no, yeah. You think like, oh, she showed him that Elena is there with his son. But right. if you really watch it, he it's a reveal to him that Elena's on the plane and has a son hmm. with him, which the timeline doesn't add up. I feel like I've talked more. The timeline on a Fast and Furious movie doesn't add up. No. Time doesn't exist. In <laughs> I, Fast and Furious. I don't believe that. I think I don't think Kevin Feige could construct something so <laughs> okay. Um so Laurent, with that said, I we, we we don't like the fate of the you and I don't like Fate of the Furious, but but tell me a little bit here, like what about the rest of the franchise? You and I, momentum's good. Like, what's your favorite entry? I, I, I mean, I second that. I think the fifth one is where they reinvigorated my like, why do I like these movies, you know, period, you know, because I think one through five or one through four, essentially, they're kind of hit and missing and trying to find out what sticks. And I think what five did is it just brought together all of the elements, you know, that we liked from any of the movies, even if there's just one element from Tokyo Drift, you like Han, you know, like or, you know, just <laughs> and then how can we put the best parts of all of these movies in one movie, and as soon as they were able to instrumentally and in, you know incorporate all these things, then I think from there on, um, that's 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 when the, the franchise was the strongest. But I've always, I mean, I looked at back to the timeline now from when the first one came out through the fifth one. I was eleven through twenty one, so that's I mean that's my adolescence, that's my childhood. So I just mm. I feel like that's also too is incorporate. I mean, it has to have um, some. Some some reason why I feel that affection for it, you know, is because I associate it with that time in my life. And so going to these movies was an event as a kid, playing with cars, liking cars. I don't even know anything about cars now, but just, I'd like to think I do, you know. And so, um, so yeah, I think that's that's probably where the you know where the inception of that idea was from. So, now that's a good that's that's uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because I think I can really and maybe this is where where this comes in for us because we're so close in age. I was ten years old when the first one came out. And I remember thinking, and I, also I was in a household where I was not allowed to watch PG-13 movies. So until, you know, Too many a, kids. officially. <laughs> oh, you were 50, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty good, Jay. I think that's, that's pretty funny. Um, I couldn't watch PG-13 movies. So I always like, you know, there were those select PG-13 movies. I was like, no, I really want to watch it. And I was like, I really want to watch The Fast and the Furious. My parents yeah. were like, we hear, we hear. There's, it's too much. There's scantily clad We're not going to watch it, but but, but you can't wa also can't watch it because we hear it's not good. So yeah. I had to sneak around. I had to sneak behind their back and, and watch it on my own. But it felt cool. You know, it was yeah. I had that like appeal of like, oh, cool yeah. guys do cars through things. So I don't know. <laughs> it was your pre-R-rated movie, R-rated movie, yeah. I'd actually, ironically, I'd already seen Halloween by that point, but that's okay. a different podcast. Fair, um, enough. Fair enough. But uh, but yeah, th it falls in that same category. So I don't know. It's it's funny because I'm not a car guy. I'm not a muscle. Like I don't actually feel like any of those things are me. But for some reason, it's like a soft spot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Brock, I want to turn to you, man. Tell us a little bit about like your, your thoughts on the franchise. You can defend the fate of the Furious if you want. Like I what? Have so much to say. Oh, say <laughs> say. Tell us all the but things. Before I do, I'm gonna hit the nos. <laughs> Caleb hit his nos too. <laughs> Um, okay, so <clears throat> this is going back like 10 minutes into the podcast, but 
I loved your story of the swag box that yeah. you got, Jason, because at the premiere, you rolled up in a Too Fast, Too Furious hat. And I was like, holy yeah. shit, this yeah. guy's been in it yes. <laughs> since the beginning. And so I was Never even telling out. my wife, I was like, I'm really nervous to go on this podcast because this guy has a Too Fast, Too Furious hat that he had to have gotten in <laughs> 2003 that he's had for 17 years. <laughs> you can't find like, them anywhere else. I was like, this is incredible. So I feel a little better now yeah. speaking in front of you on this uh, franchise. We're going to go three for three. My favorite, F5. Um, kind of with what all of you guys said, it brings it full circle. It brings in all of the characters from the previous four, and it just kind of kicks off this batshit crazy you know, spectacle that is the fast and the furious. Um, I love that Dwayne Johnson was in it. He looked the most scary I've ever seen him look. And if you look back at his filmography, this is the one that actually has made him where he can make any shitty movie he wants. Right. Mm -hmm. That'll still make a billion dollars. It's all started with fast five because he, he does, he has it. He has the charisma. He has the muscles. He has the voice and just, enough acting skills to be like, wow, you're very intimidating. And <laughs> I think, um, Caleb kind of, you know, you all brushed on it. The, we're not into cars. We're not into all of these things, but we all miss Brian. We yeah. all miss Paul mm -hmm. Walker. And it's because he's the one that you can see yourself in because he's not a huge muscly person. Yep. He's not some guy who mm -hmm. tries to intimidate you. He just is this very likable family first just loves his friends, just wants to do the best that he can person, but he can whoop a little ass. But you can, you know, whenever you're put in circumstances like that, you're like, maybe I can do that. And I feel like that's Brian. Yeah, he was FBI and he was trained, but like, I think he's the most accessible person in the group. And so, I don't know. I just liked him. Um, F5 and then I F7 just because the Paul Walker, yeah. you know, the ending whenever they play the song. I know. And then in any movie where they do a montage of past movies, you're like, <laughs> oh my God, get it over with. You're I like, wanted, you're like, I didn't know how much I love Brian O'Connor. It it's it's yeah. amazing. Give me a Fast and Furious 10 of just Paul Walker montages from the Fast and Furious movies because I was sitting there, like I, I watched uh, Fast 7 and Fast 8, however you want to, Fate of the Furious. Whatever, yeah. It's so hard. And like watching that moment, I was like, oh my God, do not cry. But yeah, yeah. You think about it. And like Paul Walker is one of those people where you remember where you were when he died. Mm -hmm. Like when you found out that he died. He's almost like a modern day James Dean in the fact that like he loved cars. He had like this charisma, this look to him. And I don't know. It's it's a huge loss. So fast sevens up there, and it's you know, it's not one of the best, but fast five, then barreling down the mountain going through houses and pulling a safe and stuff. It's great. Just, it's incredible. Yeah. Okay. Fate of the furious. Yeah. Let's hear it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can see you bringing up the phone and him going and then being stunned by his wife. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a huge blind spot. I've got another one for you too, but go ahead. Okay. Yeah. When, uh, Charlize Theron has the wildling from game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah. Elena. <laughs> yep. That's like, that's not, that's not in the Fast and Furious franchise that often, that brutality of like, yeah. kind of like a main character, kind of an important character, just straight up murdering that person. That is, it is a little jarring yes. when he shoots Elena. Mm -hmm. So that was yeah. pretty crazy. And so like that kind of brought some craziness to it. But when Jason Statham saves little Brian in that airplane and he's going through, but he stops with those little moments. And this is just, Jason Statham's it. I love Jason Statham. Sure. 
his charisma and just talking to a baby. And then those little moments with the baby, even like kind of giving him the looks or pointing or doing, he's those things. actually funny. Like the he's baby. Act, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, Jason, well, the baby no, he's is probably one too. of the best parts of that movie. Him and the rock are actually yeah. two of the best parts see, of the movie. Now and, I know why and, Brock has so many kids. He's loving exactly. this I saw, yeah. I saw F eight and I was like, Holy shit. Give me all the kids. They're funny. Um, but that's like, that's where F nine loses it. We lose the rock. We lose Jason Statham. Paul Walker's still not there. And it's still not explained why in the hell Mia's there. And Brian's not. I think the, I think it's because that their brother, I think that's the excuse that they, that Mia's there, that Brian is taking care of the children. So on this subject, um, I'll make it quick. Cause I've talked way too. No, much. no, no. On this subject, huge missed opportunity to me in, in fate of the furious that they name the child Brian because Brian O'Connor still exists in this universe. Yes. Okay. Yeah. He's still alive. They yeah. should have named the kid Walker as mm. a wink to Paul Walker because it's silly that he would name him Brian to eulogize him. And he's, a, yeah. he's alive. And Brian's oh, alive. So yeah. that, that to me was a huge opportunity that they missed on that. That's another thing too. When Elena, <laughs> We, we kind of talked off air about how the women have been. If you go back and watch it, the women characters are somewhat disrespected. When Elena reveals the son and Elena says, he goes, what's his name? And she <laughs> goes, his middle name is Marcos, but he doesn't have a first name. His father should give it to him. Get out of here. <laughs> I mean, just, but that's what I'm talking about. Vin Diesel insists you cannot name a child that I am siring, whether I knew about it or not. Well, she's even like, you know, you and Letty were on your own honeymoon. You oh, know? she's like so respectful of the fact that like the yeah. father of her child's just, I thought I'd wait till you got back. Yeah. And not to mention how quickly he drops her for Letty. Once he finds yep. out Letty's alive. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's yeah. Yeah. It's gross. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, here's the thing about that, the way you position that I actually love the, the soap opera type nature of these. Okay. It's, it's also similar, but different to my affinity for the Saw movies. It's, it's, it's a weird, like, I can't wait to see what they do next with this th weird thing. And there's always continuity and there's retcons, but maybe it's because I like comic books and comic book movies. I love the retcons. They're goofy. Uh, so I actually liked the, I, the soap, the premise of F eight. I like, I love the silliness of it, but it was just the execution. And I will say the big thing. And Jason, you hit on this earlier is the self-awareness piece. Yeah. That in my mind is what separates a fast and furious movie from 90% of the other blockbusters. Yeah. Like these movies kind of know what they are yeah. and, and we'll get into F nine here in a minute, but well, I, or I, movies that are not blockbusters, right? Yes. Like the reason triple X and Riddick and these other movies that Vin has tried to do and has failed is because they're not, they're either not self-aware or they don't know how to harness it. Right. Like the fast and furious mm -hmm. franchise does. Right. And I, Pacifier came close. Well, that actually was a big hit. I hate it, was. it but it was a but, it was. yeah. That was a hundred million dollar easy. Oh. Yeah, I did not like the Fate of the Furious because I felt like it was really missing a lot of the self awareness. And the other thing about it is, it was missing. The one thing I really like about Fast Five through Fast Seven is the action is self aware and it's very comprehensible. Like yeah. I, I yeah. know where everyone's at. I, and again, I haven't watched uh, Fate of the Furious since I saw it in theaters. So, Brock, in my defense, like, I'm not going to stand on this argument because I haven't seen it in years. I watched it today. 
I watch when I ran when I got out of the Me theater. Too. I was like, I felt like I just watched a Transformers movie. Yeah. Like it was as incomprehensible. Yeah. The action specifically yeah. was as incomprehensible as a Transformers movie. Where I was like, I don't know where characters are at. There's a submarine that's kind of cool, but I don't really know where the snipers at relative to the submarine versus the cars on the eye. Yeah. It was just kind of hard to follow. <laughs> I just like watching The Rock go through the prison with Jason Statham also going through the prison. And you talk about Vin Diesel. Like, there's no way in hell you would ever fight The Rock and have a chance with Jason Statham. I'm like. Maybe. Maybe. Like, <laughs> well, and, I can see it. And Rock just taking rubber bullets. That, and I just, mean, I mean, it's great. Yeah. That's why it's just cool. I yeah. don't know. I, but yes. Fit, uh, yeah. I no, it's okay. It. If you, you no, know, no, it's okay. You're, you're, no, and that's, I actually, Brock, I don't hear people defend uh, Faith of the Fears very often. So it's actually kind of refreshing because yeah. Laura and I have just been knocking it for like five years now. Yeah. No, and I do like it because there's those moments of just like kind of just humor that like in some areas of the movie, like F9, like, Roman got on my damn nerves, but, but only an F nine, but that's the thing. (laughs) F eight, he kind of did. But if you go back and watch like fast and furious, seven, six, five, he's funny because of Paul Walker, because you feel that, that it's a buddy cop. It's it's buddy because they have that history that it's been that long. Like him talking about him in high school and that the knee high girl, like it's just really funny. And so when Paul left, you lost that, I don't know. You just lost. Well, that. he tries it with ludicrous, but it just doesn't yeah. have the same effect. Yeah. That's what I was thinking the other night about like, okay, what are their skills? And then, you know, so Letty drives and Dom, it's a superhero now. And Han is this. And, and then you think like Roman too fast, too furious. They establish that he's a driver, but then in fast five, they establish that he's the talker. Yeah. Yeah. I actually was, I'm glad you mentioned this because I just rewatched fast five and it's funny because they all mentioned that they list off the skills. We got to have this person, that, his little skill they now off is we need a fast talker. But if yeah. you watch all the movies, he's not good at it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like he's the talker that never accomplishes anything by talking. But if you also look at it, Ludacris was a, worked in a garage. Makes no sense. In Too Fast, but then now he's a hacker. So he's it's a hacker like and, no, between, and a martial arts expert. Yeah, between, they, so have, between, they have all the intel. They're, they're the ones that come with all of the ex- expository, you know, like, hey, this yes. is the situation. So, Here's the new gig. Ludacris you know? is as good as uh, Ramsey. So between two right. and five, did he go to like a Votech and just... That's, that's, that's like, what I'm that's saying. That's where he was. Like he went to like DeVry says, University and was he, like, "Hey, let's let's fucking do something." He says in Fast Six something like he gives this information, and then they go, "How do you know that?" And he goes, "I had a life before you." Well, not really. No. I, you know, I mean, if you watch Too Fast, Too Furious, he's just a hustler. He's a good. He's character. a great character. But, yeah, but, and, you know, you're right. I, I watched Too Fast and Too Furious recently, and in your your spot on. Nothing about that character in that movie indicates that he's a hacker or even tech savvy. No. He's just a guy who's like hustling people. Yeah. He does the yeah. ejecto seats or whatever. Yeah, he does. Uh, do that, right. But that's car student. related, you know? Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. So I think we're all on the same page at this table <laughs> on fast five because fast yeah. five is the peak because it's, beautiful. it's it, yeah. beautiful film. I, I, I think it's great. It's got all the things we mentioned, self-awareness, the soapy nature of the story. And really guys, it came out in 2011, one year before the Avengers assembled. Mm. So it totally on accident, but they kind of did a Pre-Avengers. similar thing Pre-Avengers. before the Avengers did where it's like, hey, because I'll be honest, guys, I don't actually think any of the first four movies are very good. Yeah. The fourth the, one's kind of really good. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. Okay, the okay, first okay, one. okay. The first one is good. I enjoy the first one. The first one's not like any of the other ones. That's fair. It's about it, street, street racing. racing. Yes. Right. Nothing. Like, 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. None of the other ones are. I would. I would give the first movie like a it's solid, like a like a like a seven out of ten, maybe a six and a half out of ten. Right. Like I, I think it's good. I wouldn't say it's a masterpiece, but it's it's good. Two is really bad. Tokyo Drift. I there's moments. Four. It's like Jason was saying earlier. It's great to have the gang back, but I wouldn't say it's great. I think Fast Five is a great action movie, like one yeah. of the best action movies of the 2010s. Definitely, yeah. yeah. And then Fast Six is basically just doing Fast Five again, and that's not bad. I and really it, like it. And it's so bad they they spend way too much time on each individual character. That's the yeah. one that has the part where Rock and Ludacris go and buy the cars, and they make the oh. car salesman take his clothes off, and then. And then Brian <laughs> yep. inexplicably goes, I'm going to go to LA and go into prison and talk to yep. Braga. And then they have this whole part where he goes, gets in prison, talks to him. Braga gets killed. He comes back. He finds out about Letty. He comes back. We spend 20 minutes on this plot. Mm-hmm. He comes back and he goes to goes up to Dom and goes, I found out about Letty. And Dom goes, after this whole plot's been done, Dom goes, whatever you learn is for you. <laughs> I didn't think about that. That's really that's well, accurate. Well, what was the point then? If you're not going to tell anybody what happened, oh man! But I, I would say I do think Fast Set, Fury Seven. I think is who because who keeps up with the titles anymore? I, I think know. it's Furious Seven. Furious Seven. Um, it, I do, but I actually here's the thing. That's also when uh, James Wan stepped in for one movie. Yes, mm-hmm. and I actually think so. So the movies were silly before that, but James Wan's like. Yeah, these movies are silly. They're so silly. I'm going to make it a Saturday morning cartoon. Exactly, yeah. But live action. Parachuting out of cars onto a mountain so they can heist a military vehicle hired by private assassins or something. You know, like that. So I I had a lot of fun with it. The Paul Walker tribute obviously is up there. So I would go Fast Five, Fast Seven. And then from there, it gets a little, I kind of go back and forth. I have Fast One in third place. I think I do too. I have Fast Five, Fast Seven, uh, the original, F6, F8. Kind of earn a tie for me. F nine, F two, F four, F three. I just said that's a lot of Fs. There's a lot of Fs in there. I would, you know, that's not too far off. I would, I would pick. I would still put six over one, but I would say one's right below six for me. I think one is nostalgic for me because when we went and saw it, like we were like, what was that movie? Because like street racing wasn't super huge, Mm -hmm, right? And so you, but you leave that movie and you can't help but drive fast that's what was weird yeah, yeah it was like you were adrenaline just shooting through your body because it was so crazy you'd never seen anything like it it was really cool and so like when you everybody leaving that movie was like yeah. not knowing but they were like wow i'm going 20 over the speed limit so that movie comes out in 01 i yep. actually moved to, to la in 02 oh cool and not because of that movie but there is a complete street racer community community out there completely I worked at the Gap, and all my friends were like, I remember I, I asked my my buddy like, what kind of car do you have? He goes uh, WRX. I was like, I don't even know what this is, but it was a street racing car. I never heard of it, but he acted like, why do I not know what that is? <laughs> but yeah, it's a complete community out there mm. where it's a whole thing. I don't know anything about it, but it's real. I, I mean, that was twenty years ago, but I would say that beyond. Fast One, though, I think they're all kind of crapshoots after that one, honestly. So Fast Five, Fast Seven. Fast six, fast one, and then after that, I think they're all kind of kind of messy. So it's fast. I mean, they pulled a safe through the street, which isn't super realistic, but very cool set piece. After you get, you know, fast six starts to get where it's like, that's not very realistic. You mean the eternal runway? The one that goes on for <laughs> yeah, 20 miles? Yeah, yeah. 26 miles <laughs> is what they calculated it to. 
So, gentlemen, we have been talking for an hour, and we haven't actually talked about F9 (laughs) whatsoever. So, with that said, we're going to actually get into the details. Listeners, I hope you enjoyed all of this. I I can at least speak for myself, maybe for Leron a little bit, but this is a conversation that that needed to get out at some point. Absolutely. So, thanks for bearing with us. I can't project this onto anyone else. They would stop (laughs) talking to me forever. So... (laughs) (laughs) So F9, the ninth entry in the saga, the first movie that's the beginning of a trilogy that will conclude the saga, in fact, as Vin Diesel would say, has already earned over $290.9 million overseas as of this previous weekend before even opening in the States. So again, that's why I say, is this going to be the movie that's going to bring people out in droves to the theater? I think so. I I think it's got a shot. I absolutely think so. And the heist didn't do it, <laughs> but oh, I, you know, rest in peace. But I do think that this will. I th- and I think it's the the perfect combination. You know, it's like it is the the reason most people go to the movies during the summer. This is the blockbuster movie, and because it's existed during every era, whenever those things were really popular, and then here we've been out of it for a year, and then here's the summer, and we got another Fast and the Furious movie to go with each consecutive year. So I think it's great. I think it's a great reintroduction to that nostalgic feel of going to the movies to see dumb, silly action movies, you know, so. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you, and I, I want to pose the question to the rest of the table, Laurent. I think you, I, I, don't, I don't, you said everything I was going to say, because my question is, like, what do you think it is about these movies that has kept audiences coming back to the franchise over 20 years later? For, I'll say for me, I can't speak for everybody, but I think with all these franchises, even like, again, mentioned I was a huge horror film buff. I always think the stories get crazy. The timelines go crazy. The stakes are astronomically high, pun intended in this one. But, you know, like it's just I think it's the characters. I really do. I think that there is a affection we have for these people, because if we don't care about the people behind the wheel, then we're just watching technology explode. And that's the Transformers franchise. And I don't like those movies. Um, and so I think what separates me from this is that. The characters essentially, for the most part, are the same throughout the entire series. It's just the universe they're inhabiting is changing. They're the you know they keep changing what stakes they're in, what areas they're gonna what they're gonna do this time, and so I think that's what brings it back. And they've done a lot of groundwork, maybe to to some extent to their detriment. We don't need a twenty minute thing for each person, but we know a lot about them, and I think each time they they come together, especially with five, was the reunion of all of the characters that we love. That's, I think, what brings us back is just because we actually care about them. Hashtag family. Hashtag family. (laughs) That's really what I think the Fast and the Furious franchise is. It's just a family film masquerading as a modern Indiana Jones adventure film type of thing. Mm. You know, you take away the cars and put them in... You know, I don't know the jungle or something. You, you, it's it kind of operates in the same way for me. But yeah, man, Jason. Anything you want to add to that? I was asking somebody the other night. Do you think the you think the Fast and Furious franchise is the most? Um, I mean, they're overt with it, but secretly faith based films. <laughs> I, I think I, they play to a faith based audience. Whether well, or not they're they faith based re- films, but you know, I mean, I I, it's I think there the, the crosses, yeah, the yeah there's references. something to it. So, you know, I think that um, I think this is the the accidental franchise. They they made the first one, had no idea it was going to be the hit that they thought it was going to be. Um, the second one, they just kind of got what they could do. The third one was basically going to be direct-to-DVD until, mm. until they talked Vin into doing a tacked-on scene at the end, which was not originally shot. Mm. And then bringing them all back for, for Fast and Furious, the fourth one, because basically Vin's career was over. I mean, that's really what happened. Michelle Rodriguez had those DUIs during Lost. Yep, yep. I mean, really, they caught everybody at their rock bottom. So it's it's the ultimate... It's the ultimate accidental 
franchise. And I will point to, and I think that this is a complete accident either, even though they'd act like it's not. <laughs> I think the diversity in it yeah. helps yeah. that too. Now they pretend like they did this on purpose, but I don't think they did. I, I think that, and again, I want to talk about that Vin Diesel's really just a white guy, but anyway, so um, that's the retcon that I couldn't get over in the, uh, in the, in the latest one. Yeah. But um, they, they've done a good job with the action to Brock's point being really realistic, it's gotten cartoony, but with Fast Five, they really nailed it. It was yeah. practical. You could kind of see, like, I think I could do that. I think I could drive a safe down the street. You know, <laughs> you, you don't do it. Yeah, right. So I think that, that the, the characters have evolved quite a bit. These people really don't exist in any other movie. They're not really, they don't do anything else that's successful. Um, so there's something about this group of characters in these movies with these set pieces. And maybe there's a faith-based part to it and the diversity of it that has just, I think, accidentally just crashed for, you know, no pun intended. And they just continue to keep making them until, I guess, they say, stop. You say it's a trilogy. I mean, I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, I don't actually think this. I think if Fast 11 turns out and they, it makes a billion dollars, I mean, they're not right. going to stop. Yeah, yeah. right. Uh, Brock, anything you want to add? Anything? What, what, what's your take here? Yeah, I mean, they're going to keep making it. Like you said, like, I think... Family is it. And they've been together for so long that they are like a family. Um, there are two patriarchs to that family, though, who think they are the patriarchs, and that's The Rock and, you know, Vin. So it, there's going to be those heads that bug when you're together that long. Um, I think they keep making them and people keep going to them because if you think of how long it's been, you think of, like, your favorite band. Mm -hmm. And you think of, like, their first album or an album in which you finally found them. And that was 20 years ago. And then they keep making good music or music that you relate to in that time. And so it's almost like a time machine. So with these movies, you don't think about what you're watching right then. You think about the previous movies, how those made you feel, that time of your life. Like when I watched, you know, F7, I was like, oh, God, like I remember going to see Paul Walker, like when he was wearing a triple XL white T-shirt in the first one. And so like you just think about like what you've been through and what they've been through. And I think there's just that kind of that almost bond that you think about when you're watching these movies. And again, it's the characters. Like it's these people that say they're a family and like they take care of each other and all that. And I don't know, just in a course seeing what they're going to do next. Like they drug a safe down the street. They fought a submarine. They <laughs> jumped across two lanes of highway, landed on a windshield and stood up and was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first, like what the hell moment. Yes. <laughs> F6 and Vin Diesel. Yes. Catches Letty Catches with his Letty. car. Yeah. And I was like, was that was Okay. <laughs> and then, sure. but now like after watching F9, I was like, that's the most normal thing that's happened. Yes. In this movie. Yeah. Correct. So many people get caught by cars in F9. But so now it's just like, what are they going to do? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm with you on that because I, I, I think that they, I agree with Jason. I, I think none of this is absolutely none of this was on purpose. No. I think they accidentally struck gold with the fifth movie. Yeah. And they're like, how can we do that again? but also keep bringing people back to see things they've never seen before, yeah. which is where the stunts come in and say, okay, well, we've got to be more ridiculous. Well, we did this on the, we had an eternal runway on the last one. Well, what if we parachute cars <laughs> out of a plane? Okay. Oh, well, we did that. So what if there's a submarine that they're racing <laughs> against? And then this one, they're like, what if they finally did it? I'm so happy. The worst. What if we went to space? Cause we whole, predicted whole it. Moment. I think we predicted it. I don't know if it was seven or probably eight, because when we went and saw that together, yep. I was like, the only thing we can do now at this point is like, 
leave Earth. Go to but space. they wouldn't do that. And then they did. I think in, Vin, in the trailer. I think Vin had said the only natural place to go is space. I think he has said that. <laughs> so, uh, so getting the, the Stallones. Yeah, Adrian said. Holly, let's go to space. But Brock, to your point, I think you're like you're right about the the family values. You know, I feel like essentially like the movie they they don't take the story seriously. In fact, they call many times like, "Hey, this sounds ridiculous, right? Let's say how ridiculous it is, and then let's go do it, and then we go along with it." But I think it takes its themes very seriously. You know, the idea of family and yeah. loyalty, yeah. that yeah. is consistent throughout. You right. know, so that's the thing that they, that's the glue, I think, that essentially keeps it from, you it, know. It's like this, okay, this is going to sound terrible. It's because I like this about it. So I just want to clarify sure. it. It's not, this is not a knock, but you know how the room, Tommy was so and his team <laughs> were convinced they were making a masterpiece. It's like that with the themes. Mm hmm. That's it's like a weird balance between we believe in the themes and we believe in the stories and we believe in the characters simultaneously with, but also we're going to do the most insane things you can come up with at the same time. Mm -hmm. And that sincerity is what makes it feel more real. And I also think, Brock, your point about the sort of like nostalgia, like, hey, these have been around for so long. I now have nostalgia for wanting to watch the Fast and the Furious because well, I thought it was You grew cool. up with them as right. they were essentially growing up in the movie. So it's yeah. just like there's that weird bond you have with them, almost like when you watch a TV show too long, whenever you listen to like a podcast or something, like if you listen to them enough, you know their quirks, you know their personality, and you almost feel like you know them. And I know they're fictional characters, but like in the grand scheme of it, like you just you have a you have a familiarity with these people. Yeah, and so it's, it's a, just, it's a yeah. familiar it's a feeling. it's the family barbecue every year. Exactly. That, that we get together and we get to see the same five to seven people over and over again and see where they're at, what they're doing. Drink a corona and, and they're like, Oh, you're up to your same old shit. Okay, cool. You know, like so. <laughs> That's good. But then after watching them, and this is this like they're about like what can we do that pushes just the yeah. crazy envelope. But then like Sharknado does that. Like, how can we go bigger and crazier? But when you watch these <laughs> yeah. movies, like I was watching God, what was it? I think it was F8, I guess, when they were in Cuba. And, like, they're beautifully, like, the cinematography yeah, and yeah. is beautiful. The colors are, like, just pop and everything's so pretty. And it's just like, yeah, they're bat crazy. I won't say shit again because I've said it a million times. <laughs> but they're they're wild movies, but they care about how they look. They care about how they're crafted. Sure. And I think that adds to the story, too, because you it's just it's something that's very pretty to look at yeah. while also just being wild. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. So I... Again, I, I think, though, I mean, just take away from me here, and we'll, we're going to get <laughs> an hour into this. We're actually going to talk about Fast 9. <laughs> but I think that, you know, everyone here at the table is kind of speaking to different perspectives on the same thing. I think this franchise is going to be around as long as it keeps performing. And, again, we'll see what happens. I'm interested to see what the box office looks like. But if you're looking at, like, 290.9 million overseas, yeah, I mean, it's going to be – at least double that. At right? least I think we're looking at like a like a, like a one hundred million dollar op type opening weekend post pandemic, which is insane post pandemic. Those are huge numbers for where we've been at. So as long as they keep performing, I think we're going to keep getting more of them. It's just the kind of the question is I think Brock mentioned this earlier, but like where do we, where, where do we go next? Like what's next? When you think about it, like whatever the box office is, it's that many people who are going to be more mad than they've been since they were told to stay home back last March because yeah. a lot of people are going to be pissed off at this movie. 
<laughs> on that note, yeah. did F9 deliver on what you hoped for? We have talked at length about what we like about it, what we hate about it. Did F9 deliver on what you wanted out of the Fast and Furious franchise? And, and Brock, I mean, you set us up there. Go ahead. Tell what did you think? I will say no. I it it got to a point where it was too much for me. Like there was too many things that were too wild and too crazy and just too like like you said the Avengers like it's just getting to like that fantastical point where it's like I just can't see this anymore and, and I, I don't remember a lot of set pieces because I was actually not bored but I was just tired of like everything going on it was just too much for me and I was not a fan and I can leave it at that I don't have to elaborate oh no we're gonna elaborate in the next like the next segment of this podcast but we'll go around uh, quick hot take Brock's the thumbs down Jason how about you? What'd you think? No, no, it's it's not a good entry. Um, it's it's lower third probably, but I thought the magnet set piece was one of the coolest things they've done in all of the movies. Uh, I hate that the trailer gave it away. I know you have to sell the movie, um, but no, it's not good. It's ridiculous. And like Brock's saying, that I think to its detriment is it feels like it has to outdo itself from, and I think that's. Fate of the Furious' problem, too, is that it, they feel like they have to keep making it bigger and bigger and bigger. The space thing is so unbelievably <laughs> stupid. <Yeah. laughs> Lucas Black now. That was, that's my other thing, too. Like, we talk about retconning. These, these things that these characters can do now, with we've never established. Lucas Black can has a plane and can fly it. I think that's to, more believable than him losing, like, 50 pounds and now he's really scrawny. I don't know. Man, that's just me. He, uh, he looks... Yeah. How about That's when Mia jumps in the front seat of the car and goes, hold on, I think I can hack into their system. Like, <laughs> what? Where, when, when did this happen? <laughs> More unbelievable. Why is Mia in this movie? <laughs> Sounds terrible. Because okay. her brother. I'm telling you, that's the deal. Oh, yeah. The, the brother. Yeah. Retconning. Back right, to the magnet over. thing, though. That one was really cool. That one scene where they pull the car through the street, through yeah. the shop. That was a three-second shot where that car goes through there. I think it took them a month Probably. I think that's what I read is it took them a month. Oh, they actually did. Really? They actually did a lot of that. Like, and that's the other thing I didn't mention. It was practical. They do as much practical as they can, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, is, which is amazing. Yeah. It was, it was super. But that's a, yeah. that's a Justin Lin thing. He likes to do practical stuff. That's his name, right? Yeah. Yes. Justin okay. Lin. Yep. Yep. So Jason's a thumbs down. Brock's thumbs down. Laron, what do you think? I'm going to be the dissenting vote here. I loved oh, okay. it. Um, I actually, um, I think I like it for all the reasons you guys don't like it actually, okay. because I feel like, um, We've reached a point in the franchise now where the only way I feel like to prolong a series that's gone this far off the rails and have it make any kind of sense, it never will because there's too many uh, conflicting storylines, is to make it pure comedy. And I can't tell you how many times I laughed out loud oh, yeah. at how stupid what I was watching was, but how seriously we're supposed to embrace it and take sure. it you know, as it's going along. So, I mean, I mean... I acknowledge that it's stupid. I'm not going to tell you it's a good movie. I'm just going to say that I enjoyed it the hell out of it because okay. of how ridiculous it was. I think that's fair. But. Well, I, I actually am, am more aligned with Laurent here. I, I don't think it's one of the great entries. I, I think it would fall ranking-wise probably. I haven't decided. I probably like six, maybe a little more. I don't know. It, it's going there, but it's definitely below. It's below five. It's below seven. It's below one. So I'll put it down there. But here's what I'll say. Uh, Laurent, you hit on it really well. Yeah. And I don't know, this might drive Jason crazy. <laughs> I actually thought the use of Tyrese was great because these set pieces are so absurd. But I, I and that's the meta thing where we we as the audience 
hear something and in your head you're like, this is insane. Yeah. And then Tyrese comes in and he says, wait, wait, let me just repeat that back in the yeah. from the audience POV. And I know that's intentional. Maybe it's a little heavy handed for some folks, but I thought it was really great to have that because it just it's another way of them winking at the camera saying, we know what this there's, is. There's no way we could make sense of this, guys. Let's go along with it. And there's that moment uh, where Vin Diesel, he falls from after after like single handedly, you know, smashing <laughs> oh, 12, yeah. 12, yeah. 12 men, guys, 12 guys. You know, and collapsing the wall, the the bridge, or the whatever, and then falls into the water, and he's all ethereal in the water. And then we go back, very MCU like, you know, like with the origin of him going all these different spaces, like he's this larger than life figure. I just found that like it's so stupid, it's so dumb, but I just it makes me giggle, you know, inside because there's nothing else. I really don't think there's anything else we can do at this point to reel it in. But anyway, you saying that that scene that you just described <laughs> with Vin Diesel, that was something that. Dwayne Johnson would have done. I feel like. Oh, yeah. see, I feel like Dwayne Johnson totally could do that. Made for Dwayne Johnson, I'd be like, damn. But with Vin Diesel, I was like, I mean, maybe. No, I, I didn't believe that. I'll be honest. I was like, there's no way he was down for the count. Like maybe they wrote that with thinking like uh, Dwayne wasn't going to do Hobbs and Shaw, and they're like, well, I guess Ben can do it. Get in there, big boy. But with you saying Tyrese. I don't feel like he's as funny without. I keep coming back to Paul. But you're you're right though. But, I think you're right. it's, but it's not Tyrese. He's funny. I really do think sure. he's funny. It's yeah. ludicrous. Okay. Ludicrous doesn't have the comedic yeah. chops to play kind of the straight man with the little wink. Okay. Yeah. I think it's ludicrous that doesn't let the payoff come. That's fair. Because he, he, he's he not a good a, setup, man. He's, yeah, exactly. He doesn't set it up well, yes. and then Tyrese has to spiral in place. And so it's the you know. difference in, in cadence because – you know, Paul Walker True. had that really kind of, I mean, Paul Walker right. was, pr was pretty funny. I think he was right. just a naturally funny guy. And so I don't think Ludacris has that in him. Christopher Bridges, yeah. I'm sorry, you know what he goes by. <laughs> um, and so I don't think that. I think after crash, you have to call him that. Now. Yes. It's like <laughs> Academy nominated crash. Um, so I just don't think they're, they're, their energies match like sure. with how he sets it up for Tyrese to pay it off. And I think so. that's his limitation. Tyrese's limitation is he needs a strong sounding board to go, to yeah. go back and forth. Cause off. even in seven, I, I thought he was hilarious. I yeah. thought he was yeah. pretty funny in eight because the rock, mm -hmm. the rock was there. He had a little bit of playback with him back and forth. I think it worked a little better for me than it did for you, but I also don't, I, you're not wrong. I think Ludacris is probably one of the weaker sounding boards, as, as Laurent put it there. I, I did really find a lot of humor. Again, this is just the meta nature of like they're in space and they're like, how did we get here? Oh, you do the numbers and the science stuff. And he's like, yeah, that, that's all we need. Uh, yeah, yeah. You're, the, you're the math guy. You, you figured it out. We're going to just shorthand everything that yeah. we go into this. Oh, we have a smart guy who apparently can hack into computers and can get people into space can also hustle and build contraptions and cars. Yeah. And it's just, it's bonkers. We rebuilt a Ferrero, added the magnets, added thrusters. Right. And you added, had time to do all this and, and you have yeah. access to all this. You stuff. did this all in. <laughs> so now the big entry hours. we're not, we haven't mentioned here is that I really like the rock. I am not a fan of John Cena. And oh, oh, I have okay. so many things about this was John actually Cena. my next thing because okay. I will say I'll be quiet. I, I, well, no, I'm going to turn it over to you because here real quick though, but I, I like John Cena I do not like the entire subplot. I, I thought Dom's backstory. Here's the thing. I don't care that much about Dom Toretto. No. I don't need a backstory. And that's the thing. This movie, the part it takes the most serious mm -hmm. is the Dom Toretto backstory. Like that. we're supposed right. to think he's some incredible character. And I was like, guys, Dom Toretto is just not that interesting. And because of that, I, I like John Cena as a performer. But because of that, yeah. his whole 
role in this movie is just not interesting. Flat. It's flat. It's very flat. Yeah, very flat. Yeah. So, Jason, what, what do you? I mean, you, like I just don't. I just think John Cena is just flat anyway. Sure. I, I I think that he <laughs> to expose myself here. I think Cena as a wrestler is a complete rock ripoff. Um, it, but not even close to what the rock, you know, the rock can hold 60,000 people in his hands in a live event. And Cena, who's very popular, I just don't think he can do that. Um, movies that he been, he's been in. I, I mean, I don't understand what he's doing in train wreck. I don't, <laughs> I don't understand it. Um, I never saw the fireman movie, whatever. I just don't. But Bumblebee, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Cena just does nothing for me. And to, like Laron said, he's so flat in this. He's not necessary no. for a, for a franchise that is, that has had such a family, 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 family. And in, in movie nine, we learn about another family member. Yeah. It just. It just doesn't add up. 20 years later. That, like a bunch of other characters know about, like Mia knows about and Letty, Letty knows about. But it's like, so no one ever even like sneezed about this long lost brother. And you yeah. even think about it. If he hated Vin Diesel so much, uh, Dom has been, he's on the Interpol top 10. Yeah. <laughs> like if you go back to F8, if, if uh, so-and-so was six, Letty was six, Dom's got to be above Letty. So he's in the top five. And John... Cena is this like super spy. Yeah. He's yeah. been gone all this time yeah. and he's got to know about him. And he's got to be like, damn, I got to catch my brother now. Why is he going to wait? And that's how, you know, like they're, they're treading water here because like you, they obviously pigeonholed this character in here. He didn't exist until probably with the writing room for this particular movie. And that's why they spend 25, 30 minutes of the entire movie doing that, that backstory. But it really just stalls everything. Like you're waiting for the next set piece in this one. So I will say that that's probably the weakest thing in it is the Vin Diesel walks into the room and he's like all right so uh that's not enough Stallone, Stallone <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, Apollo is <laughs> <laughs> my brother uh, what about John Cena he's got a he's got a brother mm. it actually does make me wonder if I really think way too much about this is maybe the rock and John Cena don't get along so much because Cena had the the knock on him has been that he tries to bite rocks persona mm. the rock knows that cena's tried to get into movies mm. not as successful as the rock it it sort of feels like vin said who's the guy if rock's not going to be in it who's the guy i could cast that would really irk him the most <laughs> oh that's good let's well, get john cena that's, one thing about john cena even in this movie i don't find him intimidating no, no. he has this and, yeah, meathead face yeah, yeah. i know i mean <laughs> the jawline's kind of cool but it's, it's not intimidating it's just weird. I'm just, it's if like you, he's holding in a fart yeah, the whole time if you yeah, take yeah, away yeah. his muscles he looks like i don't know he looks like a he would be like some scrawny like almost like a extra in lucas back with uh cory hayden that's the first thing i went to i don't know why it's a great cut but he just doesn't seem intimidating even with the muscles but if you think of the rock like if he didn't if he wasn't as big yeah. i still feel like he has the bravado to carry himself where he would still be like an intimidating force john sure. cena just yeah he's not a great actor i think he's i mean you talk about train wreck i found him funny in train wreck i don't feel like he's an action star yeah i feel like he's somebody that uses his size more for humor than intimidation yeah. like yeah. blockers it's like, i don't know if you mm, saw yeah that. like with blockers he was great in that and it's just mm. like you see this person who's just massive and muscly 
And he is the opposite of what you would expect. And I sure. feel like that's more funny than him actually trying to use his muscles for intimidation. Yeah. Also, we're going to get into this in the spoiler section too. So um, I agree. In the spoiler. Oh, what have we been Wait. doing? Yeah. We, haven't been we, been about, doing? we haven't talked about spoiler shit. That's everyone that's, dies. We oh. no, no, but don't worry, they're coming back. We'll break. Yeah, don't worry. I want to get a letter grade from everyone on the table. A to F. Jason, I'll start with you. I'd go C plus. It's respectable. <laughs> Thank you. That's probably that's actually where I was going to rank it at. <laughs> LeBron Chapman, what do you think? I'm going to give it a B plus. B plus. Okay. Mm-hmm. Rock? I'm going to go C minus. C minus. Yeah. Oh, real down. I'm C plus as well. Okay. Uh, like, it's not quite a good movie. It's an above average. I still enjoy it, though. Um, Laurent, you're more generous. I still feel like I'm closer to you on the, on the side of the table, but, um, I think it just corrected all the things I didn't like about the, the previous one, except like, that Charlize Theron still doesn't get in a car. She gets into a simulated drone, right? Hey, she but who does get in a car that drone is Helen Mirren. And I thought that scene was great. That, that, was, was, great. that was a yeah. really cool. good. And scene. I guess that was her complaint after fate of the furious was that she didn't get to drive. Mm. And so I thought that scene, that character's a great character. Hey, yeah. bring back. I, I would love to have her more yeah. in those. She was great. You know, Vin Diesel's out there touting that we're going to get her back and we're going to get Michael Caine as her husband in the next one. Really? <laughs> I, I, he said that. I mean, he says a lot of things okay. in interviews. At one interview I read sometime in the last six months, he said that <laughs> they were trying to get Michael Caine as the Shaw brothers dad. Okay. You know, by the way, Laurent giving it a B plus. I can see how someone would like this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not the kind of movie where you're like, I'm not I don't get it. I don't get why anyone would enjoy it. It's a fun time. It's just it's just so stupid. But I can see why you would like it. So yeah. I don't think that that's like a ridiculous take or a ridiculous Fair. grade. Fair. Well, and here's the thing, too, where I would separate this. And this is why I thought I put it in the lower end of the I would put it like lower middle. So, like I said, below like five, seven, uh, six or one, six. I probably put it right there with six. And the reason I say that is because. I don't know that I'll rewatch it, but I did have a really good time. I did like the space thing. It was silly, but oh, I, 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 just I was all, I, it was great. It doesn't make, doesn't make any sense. Honestly, my favorite set piece was the first one. I can't remember. Was it Monte, Monte, Montequillo, Monte, where they were with, oh, yeah. the, with the landmines? Oh yeah. yeah. I thought that was, oh, yeah. I thought that that was, was cool. a cool set. That was, that was a cool, cool, that was a cool part. You're right. I was enjoying myself at that time. Dom Toretto can't be stopped. Yeah. Yeah. Just no Mid- Letty on the, on the, on the motorcycle. motorcycle. Just like all these things are exploding, but she's, you know, un, unarmed, you know, just, just yeah. so like, you know. So th- we're going to save this for the spoiler section because I thought, I feel like we're going to be able to really dive into very specifics here. Mm-hmm. We haven't even mentioned the fact that Han is back and there's an entire <laughs> social media campaign about justice for Han and he's back in this movie. So listeners, if you do not want to be spoiled on F9, um, the, one of the great stories of our time, tune out now. You say what? This just went from Mission Impossible to Mission and freaking Sanity. Whatever, man. I ain't scared. I'm just letting y'all know going in that building is crazy. The question I'm going to start with, and I think it's going to open up a variety of other subtopics, Justice for Han. <laughs> Guys, did we get Justice for Han? Because uh, this was a character who technically, quote unquote, died in the third movie mm-hmm. of a nine- movie franchise Jeez. and he's back again now i i personally found what they did very clever with how they brought it back the first time which is oh four through six actually happened before mm-hmm. i thought that was really clever and it, it really works before out tokyo drift we should say for tokyo drift yeah. yes thank you but in this one it's like no they actually have to figure out a way to justify some crazy 
way to bring him back. Yeah. And also with him, what's the whole point of this character storyline in this movie? So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there. As a Han fan, he's one of my favorite characters in the whole saga, but do we think that there was justice for Han? Uh Laurent, you, you look like you're about to speak. Go ahead. You start us off. You know, uh, yes and no. I say I say yes, they 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 figured out a way to explain it. Did we need it is the question, and I don't think we did. Um I think somebody mentioned in the theater, so I cannot take credit for it, but I will say I thought it was a brilliant idea. Is it really would have been funny is as soon as he went in to explain, you know, what it was, you know, how this came to be, like yeah, no, the siren goes off. He's talking. He's chatting. We never actually hear it because nothing that they they say or explain is really going to adequately satisfy us with it because it's it's one of those ridiculous retcons that we're like, we just want this guy back. So here you have him. Here's this explanation. So yes and no. I mean, was I satisfied with the explanation? Not really. But am I happy that he's back? Yes. Yeah. I think that actually came from Brock. That was a good, uh, you mentioned the Brock when moves over the first things you said was like, wouldn't it have been better if they made this the running gag of like the next few movies? Well, it's just funny because Roman has really good back and forth. Like he's, he's a funny person and he really, really wanted to know like, how did you come back? So that's just what I thought. Like it would have been like a pretty cool gag to have between him and Han where um, they just kept getting interrupted, like with the siren going off when they were in their secret base. Like as soon as he's fixing to tell him the siren goes off and then just throughout the movie, like he's like, Hey man, how that happened? He's like, dude, hang on. Like we'll talk about it later and just keep putting him off. And then at the end, they're at the barbecue. Uh, Lucas Black asked him and it would have been funny if like he would have told him off screen. And then like at the end when Tyree shows up, you know, Lucas Black could have been like, dude, did you hear what happened to Han? And then Tyrese loses it. Cause he still hasn't heard. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I thought that could have been a nice touch. Yeah. Um, just an ongoing thing. Just, I think it would have been an improvement because what we get is like we're in full spe- spoiler section. So the whole, it doesn't make any sense. Sure. No, Mr. No. Nobody. No, what? <laughs> I, because now I beg the question, what was the whole point of Jason Statham yeah. being retconned, retconned, killing Han in the first place? There's no justice for Han because there's no Need. reason to have justice. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's a, it's an orchestrated fake death that needs justice, but he did it on purpose. And did Mr. Nobody orchestrate Jason Statham to run into him? I, it, yeah, it makes no sense. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I actually was on board with it until, well, I shouldn't say on board with it. I still, I, I still think the mystery would have been much more enjoyable, mm-hmm. but the, I, I thought I was tracking with the movie when they're like in a rogue agent went and was doing X, Y, Z. And I was like, Oh, that's Jason Statham. We've already established in, sure. in Fury seven. He's a rogue agent. We're all on the same page. But then later John Cena comes back and it's like, you dumb. The rogue agent he was talking about. That was me. Yeah. yeah. I was like, wait, wait, I, that doesn't huh? make any sense. I'm legit. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, it, no. I don't even know how to articulate that. It doesn't make sense, but it doesn't. Uh, it yeah. Really so there doesn't. is no, by the way, Han Solo, we should point out is his <laughs> name, um, that there is no justice for him because I don't even know how to say it. So one, Tokyo Drift, Han dies in a crash. Yeah. It happens. It happens when you, dr- when you drift in Tokyo, apparently. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah. And then JK, post credit stinger of six, Jason Statham killed him to motivate our characters to come back and want to take down Jason Statham in seven. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now we're saying, oh, that was orchestrated by Mr. Nobody, which again, to Jason's point, does that mean that the whole seventh movie was a 
Right. A show? Well, yeah. So, so the Furious Seven. The premise is Jason Statham killed Han because he is hunting each person in the crew for what they did to uh, Shaw, the Decker yeah. Jones. Oh, Luke Evans. Oh, yeah. Luke Evans. So for oh, what he Shaw. did to Luke Evans, he is hunting each one of them because they even say in Furious 7, they're, he's hunting us. Yes. So he starts with Han. And then, so to your point, is it orchestrated then that Shaw is, are they going to fake all of their deaths? Because he's really trying to kill them. So I, I don't, I don't understand it. This is what I think, though, the reason they brought Han back. First off, no one ever dies. I mean, we're... Yeah. Especially if you're a fan favorite. 100% Gal Gadot comes back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Giselle oh, yeah. will be oh, back. Yeah, that's happening. That Wonder Woman money ain't going to last forever. So <laughs> uh, she'll, she'll be back. Um, but I think that maybe the Han piece of it is what we've been talking about for the last three hours, is that it's, it's missing... Paul Walker, it needs something. Mm -hmm. There's a character that it needs. There's some heart. There's something because there's a genuine happiness to see him when he comes walking right. in that yeah. room. I mean, right. Tyrese, who doesn't emote other than screaming and is scared, was so <laughs> happy that Han is alive. Yeah. I mean, just couldn't believe it. Yeah. And without that missing piece, it does just feel like plotting. It's not, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't have a, uh, doesn't have doesn't the intention's not there, and so it's because of the Dom Toretto story, like because because Dom Toretto's not likable enough, or yeah, no, for, for you to have <laughs> See, a whole backstory. But they didn't give enough to Han, so I'm starting a new justice for Han. Justice <laughs> for Han is in a storyline. Yeah, so there we if go. you think about it, F eight, you were like he did get his whole own movie, by the way. But go ahead. Sorry. Tokyo Drift. <laughs> I know, but, but go I'm ahead. Talking, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was back when the yeah, right, that was right, back right. when the series was another shot. accident. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, if you think about. Seven ending, Paul Walker's gone. In eight, you still have uh, Jason Statham. You still have Dwayne Johnson, who are both charismatic people. Mm -hmm. In nine, we lose all of that. Mm. And so I think that's why nine hits a flat note, because you you don't have those charismatic actors. They thought John Cena could bring that. He's not that. Um, Charlize Theron's not in it enough to right. bring it. And like you said, Dom's just, he's just yeah not even close to being a charismatic person. He's mm -hmm. just the muscle, just the, the, the tough guy. Sure. Also, you mentioned Charlize Theron being back. I, I mean, she did. I think I prefer, maybe it's because my expectations were just a little bit by the fate of Furious. I was happier with what she did here, but still not satisfied though. She, dude, she cashed a paycheck. She got paid oh, yes. so much money to be on set for like maybe a week. It's very clear. She's in one location. Yes. She's there for three days. She charged $4 million for it, them to let, to let them cut her hair like that. <laughs> and then like 250000 yeah. for filming. Yeah. Yep. Just so that she could, her whole role in this movie was to be the Joker in the Dark Knight or what's his bucket in the Skyfall, where except for just that part. Yeah. Just, he didn't even have, she didn't have like, I was expecting at least some really cool like prison break sequence or yeah. something. No, nothing. She just, because she's a far more interesting villain than John than Don Cena is. It's, oh, yeah. Uh, and like she would have been. Yeah. You know, like if that character was actually able to be established yes. more in this, I think that would have. That would have made this. That would give this an, another notch up. Because you, you still know? have that revenge plot with Dom mm -hmm. saying, "You've done this to my family. You created all right. of this." Right. So you still want that revenge. You have it with state. Like if you did brought back state, mm -hmm. but you know, if you if you didn't have them, you would have had a story. Yeah, it's like they yeah, exactly. It's like they had to shave the meat off of the actual conflict and and just kind of like, well, John Cena, you'll have to do, and this yeah. is we'll make this elongated yeah. backstory. Dom has a and brother it just all it doesn't. Sudden. We don't care enough, you know. So. Yeah. And Mia never brings up Jacob either. 
No, oh, no. no one brings him up. No one because like, she didn't. She could have. She helped It's because him. he didn't exist until right. <laughs> no, like oh wow, remember your brother? Oh yeah, that guy. It's like you know, so that's literally how that how right. this comes off. It's like we're the one that to I believe. knew was at you know yeah. Michael Rooker's house for a year that I right yeah. Even then, though, I would argue. I agree with everything you just said. She's the more compelling villain by a long shot, even though she does basically nothing. <laughs> yeah, the movie still knows this. Because the rich, I don't even, the, 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 the sort of like sub bad guy is a spoiled rich kid, which mm-hmm. I thought was a nice touch, mm-hmm. ends up going with Charlize Theron because he's like, yeah, she's way cooler than you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Exactly. He looks like one of the lead singers from Savage Garden, I think. Yes. We'll <laughs> yeah. go with that. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I just, uh, no, I, 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 I say that to say, I think, uh, Brock, you're onto something. This movie, in the absence of Paul Walker, they haven't been able to find the thing to fill the void. They've removed Han um, after six, so they're trying to bring him back, and I still don't think it quite gets there. They and tried it, Scott Eastwood in seven, <laughs> and it's terrible. Always a great idea to include Scott Eastwood as your so he bad. He was so bad. Yeah. yeah. They have Kurt Russell. I, Kurt Russell's good. Yeah, Kurt, Mr. Nobody's a decent character to add in, who I think was supposed to die, and then they just brought him back, too, because they yeah. liked him. Why not? I, I'll take Kurt Russell anyway. I can get him. Well, that's true. Death. That's true. <laughs> uh, okay. So there are a lot of uh, retcons. Do you guys, are you guys over it? And like, are you over the, hey, we're just going to recontextualize the thing that we already recontextualized so that we can keep this train moving? For me, I, and I think, I'm, I'm sure someone, uh, others will differ with this, but the retcon is part of it for me. It's part of the appeal for me. It's like, how are we going to explain this ridiculous thing and then explain this ridiculous thing? Um, and it, th- cause there's just, there's no way at this point to merge these narratives to, for them to make any kind of sense. Um, so for me, that's kind of the goofy charm about it is that, oh, okay, this ridiculous explanation, it still makes no sense, you know, like, but, but you laugh at that, you know? So that's for me that it kind of works, but yeah. It's a, for me. I'm, I'm with you. It's a feature, not a bug. Yeah, exactly. Because I look exactly. for. I looked. I mean, even though I was wildly let down, I still was like going in when they marketed the movie. I was like, all right, Han's back. Yeah. How are yeah. they going to explain this? If you come into this movie, it's not satisfying, but like the yeah. curiosity just can't keep me away. At this point, if you come at it with trying for plausibility, then this is not the franchise for you. You know what I mean? Like, I expect that a little bit more in the MCU. I expect a little bit more. You got to make this make sense for me to care anymore. You know, like make. You know, there has to be a little bit more legwork done in that sense but with this like i said just acknowledge it's ridiculous move forward with the with whatever ridiculous plot you have now with these characters because i'm here for the explosions and the the car cha- the the well orchestrated car chase scenes and then the characters that i like you know that's that at this point that's all i can expect from it but all right jason i want to turn to you uh retconning is it a feature or is it a bug i'm not i don't like it i i i Laron gives a really compelling argument. And so I'm like, I feel like Laron maybe changed my mind, but um, <laughs> he's good at that. But I don't like it. I, 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 it's because it's stuff that we just don't need. You know, in the very first one, Dom tells the story about his father dying and him beating the guy with the wrench. So we have that story. I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh my God. We have that story. And I don't need to see it though. We, we've, are, I've, I've heard the story. I don't need it to be acted out for me to understand it anymore or for me to get the, how uh, the emotional weight of it. Mm. So I mm. would prefer a little bit more of uh, tell and less show when it comes to some of these stories. So I'm, 
I'm not into the retcon of the retcon of it at all. I, I I don't need it. A lot of it has helped the series. I mean, if you think about it, like without the retcon, we wouldn't have Han back. So we have to be okay with some of it. Um, the one that I didn't like was Jacob maybe killing their father, then actually mm. trying to help their father, but still holding it against their father and Vin Diesel. That it, that's what it seemed like for most of the movie. Yeah. And then doing all of this stuff to try and get back at Vin Diesel to make money, but then only to reverse course and help them for no reason. Right. Like nothing. There's no motivation happened to motivate him to be like, you know what? I am going to help you. Right. Mia said, get out of here. Sorry. It's, it's a red herring. It's a red herring without a beat drop. It's just, yeah. like, you, you let us look on this course, but actually this didn't happen. So what is your driving force? Yes. Now? It doesn't, it, it, it exists. Like, to well, like there's a whole scene. I mean, Cause even hypo and this didn't happen in the movie, but hypothetically there, there was a moment, even like Mia saw the scene in which Dom just apparently totally got over the fact that they had a beef. It, yeah. it, they just look, they're just driving in cars and they're looking at each other and that's how they know yeah. oh, we're on that the same, we're on the same side, side. Now. Okay. Right. Yeah. Which Cena knows how to use the magnet thing even though he's never been in that car with those magnets. <laughs> like, it takes them months yeah. of choreography to do this shit like, yeah. to plan and then it's like no, you have four. You don't even have four seconds to talk to anybody. You don't even talk to them. That like, is funny. They spend so much time, like you said, organizing everything, and then as soon as they do a set piece, it's like we're just gonna wing it. You don't yeah, know yeah, yeah, right, It's right, always right. how it winds up happening. Turn the dial at yeah, the same Nothing time. works. And, and to do a little deeper dive on the father part of it, so we hear that the father is making the Bush series next year, which means there's some dough coming his way. Okay. I mean, I'm just, I mean, that's what that means. Sure. Okay. Yeah. 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 That also means he's pretty good at racing, which means he's won some races and he's won a little bit of a bit of money. Okay. Mm -hmm. We, we are supposed to understand that he's throwing the race on purpose because he owes somebody money, somebody that, that they don't have for it's, whatever reason. It's the, it's the bad guy in the next movie. He tells Jacob Hey, mess up the car for me so I can lose this race. But then tells Dom, hey, something's not switching. I'm having problems. My man, just lose the race. I mean, there, there's no reason to to crack the, the hose or whatever <laughs> that's going to cause the spar for you to explode. People lose races all the time, even yeah. really good people that drive cars. Don't drive as fast. Yeah, right. Glenn Close. Let off the, yeah, just yeah, let yeah, off they're the better. <laughs> yeah. He's got a he's got a thing for the theatrics apparently. But the I, thing is, Jacob was so mad that he was in Dom's shadow, but his father is confiding in him and exactly, trusting right? him to do the craziest thing that you could ask somebody to do. It makes it makes no sense, and, it, and again, we just don't need it. I don't think we really needed any. I guess you have to somewhat sort of explain the Jacob thing, but you could have done that in a exposition dump. Yeah, we didn't need. We didn't need a third of the plot right. dedicated and, to it. It and, could have just been a conversation. And, and done. The, the flashback stuff, it just looks goofy. You know, we're, it, when it's not the real actors and it's it just looks silly. You be nice to young dumb who nails the voice. Okay, you know what? Here's the thing. <laughs> I, I will say this. I'm very conflicted because I did find, I think, uh, Vinny Bennett is the name of the, the actor who plays young Dominic. I... Has, after seeing Disney continue to just not deliver on the CGI de-aging thing, I prefer recasting. Mm -hmm. But man, sure, sure, sure. Uh, but at the same time, while I still prefer that, and I actually like that approach. There is still a hint of it, it's a different type of it takes me out. See, when you CGI, 
you de-age somebody, you're like, ah, I can see it's not right. With the different casting for someone who doesn't look quite close enough, mm-hmm. you're like, ah, yeah. oh, I'm every time I see uh, Vinny Bennett, who I do think did a good job. Sure. But every time I, I see him, I'm like, he doesn't look enough like Vin yeah. Diesel. Yeah. No, yeah. that's fair. Whatever. Also, by the way, <laughs> Vin, yeah, exactly. I don't mean that, I don't mean that towards you. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, it's yeah. not it's not it's not a criticism. Because they have used that movie where Vin Diesel uh, plays the lawyer with hair and used that footage to de-age him. Find so me guilty. Has, yeah, so he still has hair. Mm. That would have worked. I would love to see. I mean, they got the money. Yeah. At least try it for the next one because I'm sure Vin Diesel wants more Dom Toretto origin stories. Does so. Jack Toretto come back? <laughs> I mean, at this point, yeah. We didn't talk about the ultimate retcon though. At the very end, where they're at the barbecue, and the blue car pulls. Yeah, up. yeah. Sure. You know what? I don't mind that though. I, there, they have to try and keep explaining why Brian isn't there. And there's a part of me that says just quit, but I don't really mind it that they're still saying like, "Hey, Brian's still here, and we want to recognize him." When we can, I actually several people in the theater afterwards said, "Who was that that was pulling up at the end?" So there yeah. were people that didn't even get that. Yeah, that was supposed I didn't to be until someone one of you guys said it in the. Okay, yeah, I would really wish they would almost kill him off and do another tribute, just so they don't have to keep riding around it. I think if they're going to keep mm. Jordana Brewster, they have to find a way. To I'm get afraid him. they feel like that would be disrespectful to him. I don't know. Bringing Jordana Brewster over, like bring. I'm sorry, taking actors out of it. Bringing Mia into a job yeah. over Brian is laughable. You're right, except that I keep going back to, and I don't like the plot, but the reason that they can get away with that is because Jacob is also Mia's brother. For future installments. Well, just for today. I mean, you, well, know, you so know, for sure. Uh, also, by the way, guys, this movie ends three times. Jacob rides into the sunset. We have a barbecue. What was it? There was a third one in there somewhere. Uh Oh, Deckard Shaw beating the crap out of the oh, dude in the duffel bag. Yeah, the yeah. which is bag. which is great. And then we, uh, Jason, were the, the, the one? Jason, were the one in the in the audience yes. who dropped it? Okay, that was beautiful. That, that your timing was <laughs> yes. immaculate. So we're watching Flawless. this scene again. Uh, this is uh, spoiler, major spoiler, spoilers, yeah. obviously. But there's a post. There's a mid credit scene in which we see Deckard Shaw like interrogating some guy via punching bag which is incredible <laughs> and then he opens the door and there's Han and then Jason right behind it says justice I laughed my ass off that timing was it's impeccable fantastic timing I try <laughs> <laughs> okay guys well we're, I, we've been talking for a while about an hour and 45 minutes in fact um, about this movie and this, this saga what do they possibly do next I feel like Laron you and I are a little more on the let's keep going train whereas the other half of the table with Jason and Brock are a little more like mm, maybe not uh, where do they because you're saying they've gone to space that was the joke the only place I can think they can go now is back in time <laughs> to to and that's Heaven. how they wrap it up they wrap it up by doing a greatest hits yeah where they change like just like Avengers Endgame I, I don't know what do you guys think okay I've thought about this a lot way more than I should so we all agree the first one is just Point Break. Yeah. Right? Mm, yeah. But yeah. you guys have seen the original one? Caleb's yeah. not convinced. I have not seen the remake because of the original Thank one. you. Yes. Yes. Oh, Point Break. Yes. Let's yes, see. I've seen yeah, Point I Break. I thought you were talking about Fast and Furious. Like, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. hope so. But we you've all seen have. Point Break. Because <laughs> no, Point yes, Break is yes, great. Yes. It's excellent. The original okay. Point Break. Yes. yes. So they need to just do more movies where they just steal the plot. Like, I think that they should do a Cannonball Run where it's just a race across the country. You've got all these characters. You could have all these set pieces with it. You've got comedy. 
You could also do something like it's a mad, mad, mad world where you've got another race that's, and you could have villains. You could have, you could, you could bring the, the guy back that was from the second one that, you know, what uh, the, the mechanic that we don't remember, you know, the bad guy in the second one, I just want to call out, gets arrested. He is not dead. Cole Hauser, bring Cole Hauser back. Um, you could do this one is actually one. I have a whole recast. I have a whole remake cast already loaded for a uh, (laughs) Smokey and Smokey and the Bandit, but you could do a Smokey and the Bandit where it's, we have to get now. No one cares about taking beer across state lines anymore, but where we have to get this package Mm -hmm. from here to there and Dom's going to run interference for the fuzz. Mm, Vin Diesel with a mustache. I do want to see that. Yeah. So I think that they should just do car movies and just basically redo them. I like your kind of cannibal run across America, race across America, because one, it could be something that is centrally tied to the plot that they could pull from past movies, but it's also pits family against family. Right. If they break up and go into little factions and like little truces within each other and that kind of tests the bond of the family. I think that could be a cool yeah, one. It probably wouldn't be good, but I, uh, that's, uh, but that's, we would watch yeah, it. Yeah, but I don't would watch it. <laughs> but, but, I mean, here's the thing though. I think you're onto something because the thing is, if we keep going bigger and bigger and bigger, I mean, my joke was the time travel, but seriously, where do you go after space? I actually think if you can pivot it right, a race across the country, I still think is actually, or all a race the, across the world. The right, landmarks, right. landmarks across the country that, you know, yeah. Mount Rushmore, the uh, Grand Canyon, Golden Gate Bridge, doing like stunt pieces within yep. those. Mm-hmm. I think going smaller scale is the way to go. I do too. I, yeah. I, because you can't, Get because back to the racing. Yes. That's what this movie, that's what this True. franchise is it's, about. That's what it started as, yeah. Well, and it's you can drivers. St- and you can still take well, you can still take all the characters, all the drivers. We can yeah. have Han, you can freaking bring John Cena back. Maybe The Rock calls in a favor at some point. Like the potential is there. It doesn't have to be like the whole universe is gonna end tomorrow if we don't do XY. Which, which by the way, the the, the 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 whole villain's plot in this is apparently to use satellite weapons to like blow up the yeah. planet. Like it's just it I can't mean, go any bigger. Bring in Aaron Paul from Need Need from Speed and just yeah, there's your charismatic lead person to bring back in. (laughs) I like Aaron Paul. That's that's a tough one. (laughs) I like Aaron Paul, but I don't know. I'm reaching. He's like I'm reaching. Yeah, yeah. I think Um, yeah. I think if they don't go with the bigger, larger than life, like crossover into other franchises, space, time travel, whatever that sort of thing, then I think, yeah, the back to the basic approach is the best way to, because then it comes full circle. Because if it's going to end definitively, I don't know if it will because of how much money it makes, but assuming that it does, then as close to the original as we can get back to with these next couple of films would be would be interesting. Like, you know, like trim the fat. We've, we've, we've done all of the, all these wild circumstances. Let's just see a lean Fast and the Furious movie that is focusing on the racing, focusing on the cars, focusing that on that. includes all the elements that we still love. You can even right. still do yeah. crazy stunts, yeah. but don't oh, like the, sure. the premise doesn't yeah. have to be the plot doesn't have to be so yeah. so heavy, so convoluted. Yeah. I gotta say, I didn't mention this earlier too. I actually still think the Fast and the Furious, the the original, the ending of that movie is an all timer ending. I love that ending where they they yes. race across the train tracks and mm-hmm. Paul Walker gives Vin Diesel the keys. I yeah. think that is yeah an A plus yeah. ending, which yeah. was the. There's an homage to that in this one. Yeah. When he gives Jacob the keys. Yeah. That's, uh, he goes, yeah. he goes, one time a guy owed me a 10 second car mm. and then he gives him the keys. <laughs> That's what he's referencing. So we've had the rock wrestler 
go actor. We've had John Cena, the wrestler, go actor. I'm going to combine another wrestler with a recent fantastic movie and combine these two. I want to see an army of the dead in Fast and Furious. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I want Charlize Theron to be in it. I want her to use uh, biological warfare this time instead of technology, and she's the reason that Las Vegas was siphoned off. I want Dave Bautista to come in and be hmm, Paul Walker's uncle. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I do want Dave Bautista in it. And we talk about this... Uh, invincibility that Tyrese talks about in the movie. And so I want to see them go against what they've never gone against before, which is zombies and do a something again, you talk about stealing, you talk about heist. It's about going in there and fighting the undead <laughs> with Dave Batista and having a race movie where actually maybe they break out. And it's just like, I do think Dave Batista is the best wrestler turned actor we've oh, seen so far. He's a better actor than the rock. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't think there's any question about it. So I think we have time travel. We have Back to the Basics seems to be the favorite on the table. Yeah. We got time travel. We got zombie apocalypse, which, hey, Brock, I hadn't even, hadn't even occurred to me, but that that seems like a natural progression of where we're at right now. Also, I mean, this has been long rumored on the internet, but the Jurassic World, Jurassic Park crossover, we could have the dinos show up. Velociraptors driving race cars. Anybody? I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> Dinosaurs a being in the story is fine. A 10-second dinosaur. Hey, I, I'm. you know what? I'm all for crossovers. I loved the idea of the 21 Jump Street guys doing Men in Black. Yes. Like, and I guess yeah. we're not going to do that. I, I'm i all for that. I, If they would do that, I mean, it's stupid, but if they wanted to have it to where, for whatever reason, they have to go to Isla Nublar and race against the dinosaur, or that's the only way they can get out, let's go. Laron, hey. I mean, we're, I'm, save me a seat. We've, we've, we've went to the moon, literally. So I think... There's no, I mean, that, yeah. if, you're just gonna, as, if this is just as logical, it, bottom I mean, of the ocean, it's, it's yeah. just, or just as illogical. So, yeah. and, and since we're, we're already there, why the hell not? Ladies and gentlemen, on that note, we're going to end our discussion <laughs> of F9. Uh, we've spent almost two hours talking about this, this movie and this franchise. To be fair, we only spent about an hour talking about this movie specifically. We just spent an hour talking about the franchise as a whole. Uh, we're going to wrap up. But before we do, I want to give each of the the, 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 the the fantastic panel I have around, my crew for this discussion around the table, a chance to uh, tell us where can they keep up with their, their work online. So Jason Black, you're doing lots of cool stuff. Tell us where can people follow you? Uh, so KJ103 every Friday morning about 7.05 around there. And then um, as far as movie stuff goes, uh, my Instagram is flick kicks 23 and it's where I wear a different pair of shoes that correlates with the movie that I'm watching purely to try and get free shoes. And so far it has not worked. <laughs> Just keep Fantastic it up, man. Idea. Do it for 10 more years. I, I do like the photos. It's fun. Thank you. LaRon Chapman, where can people keep up with you and your work online? Uh, you can follow me on Facebook on my name, LaRon Chapman, or follow me for film stuff on Instagram at I've rebranded recently rebranded to black movie magic. OKC. Mm. So, Love it. Follow it. Great posts all around for sure. Brock Lay, what about you? Uh, I am the uh, Tokyo Drift of Instagram. Uh, <laughs> so if you would like to, you can follow me at Brockness underscore monster. Fantastic. <laughs> That's a great handle. No, it, it's an incredible handle. Um, you can follow me, of course, uh, mostly on Twitter, C Masters Talk. That's letter C Masters Talk, tweeting about mostly films, but also sometimes television, sometimes video games, if you want to keep up with my work there. 
Um, you can follow all of our work at the Cinematropolis over at thecinematropolis.com. We're on Twitter at the Cinematrop, Instagram at the Cinematrop on, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the Cinematropolis. Uh, I'm going to go around the, the table and thank each of you individually for talking for two hours. This has been a conversation I've been dying to have with each of you for a very long time. It's still less than the movie that we watched and so less runtime than the movie we just watched. That's so. an accomplishment. Oh, that's a great point. <laughs> Coming from, yeah, we'll talk about that later. Uh, but yes, <laughs> Laurent Chapman, uh, thanks so much for joining us on the Cinemax Mac today. Thank you so much. Jason Black, it's been, I'm so glad I finally, we finally made it work out. I'm so glad you could join us today. Thanks for joining the Cinemax I've been Manic. dying to come on, so I really appreciate it. Oh, don't worry. We'll make it, we'll make it happen again. It won't be like five years this time, I promise. Okay. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> uh, Brock Lay, thanks so much for joining the Cinemax Schematic today. And I appreciate it. It's always one of my favorite things to do. Thank you again. And ladies and gentlemen, for more thoughtful conversations that excite, inspire, and connect filmmakers and film enthusiasts, especially around the state of Oklahoma, you can subscribe to the Cinematic Schematic via your preferred podcast app, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or you can just go wherever you find your podcasts. Thanks so much for joining us. We are taking a break until the green night because I just did mm. 10 dead center interviews you guys should all catch all those dead center episodes over on our feed or on the cinematropolis.com so until the green night we'll catch you again next time mm-hmm.